Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, a pleasant good Thursday morning rolling into the New Year's weekend. Everybody ready for 2024? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Sorry, what, 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 what you my, got going on over there? My you, Siri. Did you my forget Siri your zipper heard? or what? What happened? No, listen, Tom. You started yelling and it activated mm. my Siri. I said, "Hey Siri, are you ready for 2024?" And she said, "Yeah, I'm ready to roll." So am I, Tom. Well, she's ready to roll, then we're ready to roll. Let's rock and roll. Because right. she is the know-all. She's like the uh, the wizard right behind the curtain. That's right. Sure. Siri. Sure. Siri. Think about that. There was no such thing as no. I mean, Siri. If you just said Siri, what, eight, ten years ago? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They think you're talking about Jose Siri. <laughs> Who's Jose Siri? He's a baseball player. Okay. All right. Is he good? <laughs> Is he any good? No. Okay. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 hey, to hey, 12, beep, beep. and that's Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube, slash Chatterbox Sports. We also broadcast live daily on X at Seabox Sports. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in thousands upon thousands already with us here today. When the NFL schedule came out last spring, one of the very first things that caught your eye, caught my eye, was the New Year's Eve. What were we going to do, right? Watching the Bengals and the Chiefs duke it out for the top seed in the AFC for home field advantage in the playoffs, a chance to finally get that postseason game or games, plural, a championship game in the jungle. Well, many months later, things look very different for both the Bengals and the Chiefs. Start with a home team. It's virtually a must-win game just to keep playoff hopes alive. For the mighty Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs, a must-win, but for different reasons. Yes, Kansas City's pretty much locked in as a division champ, but there are serious issues facing this team. They've lost three straight at home. They've lost five of their last seven overall. They're simply not the same team, at least on offense, that they have been through the entire Patrick Mahomes era. For the Bengals, will Jamar Chase play? How about Cam Taylor Britt? Looking pretty good on that one. James Rapine from Sports Illustrated joins us at 10:15 to answer some of those questions. 15 modern-day finalists were announced for the Pro Football Hall of Fame yesterday, and one of those names, longtime Bengal Willie Anderson, the legendary right tackle, played all but one of his 13 seasons in Cincinnati. They will whittle the list down to 10, and then the inductees announced in February, the week of the Super Bowl. Other names include Julius Peppers, he's a lock, Antonio Gates, lock, Torrey Holt, he's been waiting a while. Everybody on that list is an incredible player. What in the world, meanwhile, is going on in Denver? The Broncos announced yesterday that starting quarterback Russell Wilson will be benched for the remainder of this season. And like most things in life, let's be honest, it's coming down to the cash. If the nine-time Pro Bowl player gets hurt in the last two games, if he was in there, and can't pass a physical next March, the Broncos would have to write him a check right on the spot for $37 million. Now, next season, Wilson's five-year, $242 million contract officially begins. Hadn't even started yet. Now, Wilson is tied for six in the NFL in touchdown passes. 
but he only has one game over 300 yards. The Denver offense has had a hard time scoring. They've been terrible, terrible on third down. Same holds true for red zone efficiency. If the team cuts him, now can you imagine this, wherever you work, whoever you work for, if they cut him and they just say goodbye, don't let the door hit you, you know where. Wilson is owed $85 million. Oh, and by the way, the Broncos have six draft picks total. No second rounder in the draft next spring. Tonight starts week 17 in the NFL. The surging Brownies. Flacco, leader of men, hosts the struggling New York Jets. We're going to talk about that game. Brownies still playing for a possible division title. Hard to believe. And it's not likely. Two weeks to go. College football, really some pretty entertaining games. Yesterday and last night, including USC beating Louisville, the fight in Scott Satterfield. That's right, baby. 42-28. to 28. Caleb Williams was standing, watching on the sidelines. Miller Moss threw a Holiday Bowl record six touchdowns in his first college start. Four games on tap today. The best on paper, anyway, has Arizona against Oklahoma. The Sooner star quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, obviously will not play. He's already transferred to Oregon. Speaking of the Brownies tonight, before we get to James Rapine, did you say you had action? I thought I read again for the second time in two weeks that you had given up gambling. Yeah, I have. Uh, but it was You just, have, but... But here's the retired thing. again? Yeah, I, I, am re- I am retired now, but you, you, most retired people, they have hobbies. Uh, mine just right. happens... Mine just happens... My hobby is happens to be my job that I retired from. So it, they're the very same thing. That's fine. I'm not worried about it. I do have a couple bets tonight, Tom. I, I have Joe Flacco over on passing yards. And which is? Uh, 232 as of what I got it. Uh, we have David Njoku over 47.5 receiving yards. I also have him to get a touchdown. I have Jerome Ford to get a touchdown. And by the way, Reed's take of any running back can replace anybody. That's been proven wrong in Cleveland. They have a, they've completely abandoned the running game. Jerome Ford's been, I would argue, terrible. Uh, he's, he's, he gets like 10 carries for 20 yards every single game. So not very good on the, on the running front. But when you have Joe Flacco, who is an elite quarterback, anything's possible. This guy's 65 years old. He hasn't played a football game in three years, but he comes into Cleveland, and he's the best quarterback that franchise has ever had. So tonight they are going to steamroll, steamroll the New York Jets, it's not going to be close. Uh, the under for that game, Tom, it's 35. Wow. Over under is 35, which is pretty low, if I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I'm debating on taking the under, but that's only because I think the the uh, Cleveland Browns win 28 nothing. Jets aren't scoring a point under the tutelage of who, – who's it, Simeon tonight? Which one of their bums is playing? Yes, yeah, Simeon. Yeah. God, what a terrible situation. What a what a He was with the Bengals in the preseason. Yeah, he, he was. was the, you know what? You know, but you, you bring that up and think about that for a second, right? That was a guy that came down to the final two games of the preseason mm-hmm. as to which one was going to be Joe Burrow's backup. And I mean, it was a big deal because neither one was playing well, right? Yep. And we knew Burrow was hurt. That was a big deal. No doubt. It was a massive deal, and that's why you go out and get a decent backup quarterback. The Bengals, I guess, lucked into Jake Browning being a, a very good, serviceable NFL quarterback. But 
having your options between Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon to back up Joe Burrow when an injury inevitably happens is not a great place to be. Saying that, the Jets will trot him out uh, because Zach Wilson is still in concussion protocol. So good luck to the New York Jets. I hope they, uh, I hope they fight, fight, fight. The All the way till the end. The Cleveland Browns are top ten in, in rushing rushing yards per game, so I don't know if that quite disproves my point. Well, that's just... because a lot of it happened earlier on in the year. But... Yeah, Nick Chubb got hurt, like, what, game one? Yeah, but it was it – was, okay. Jerome Ford had about a okay. six-week stretch. The last – if you look at the stats for the past, like, ten weeks, right. Jerome Ford's averaging, like, two yards a carry. I guess, I guess my take's disproven, then. I mean, I'll have to go look at it right now, and I'll disprove you, but – all right, yeah, I mean, sure. Somebody accused me, not accused, this is the wrong word, because you guys are a little yeah. younger, okay? I got a question for you. Someone said that I am the white Drake. You look What just... does that, well, because I, I look like I have mange up on my hair as I talked Listen. about you, because he lost some of his hair after COVID a couple of years ago. I Listen. remember that story. Tom. Is that a compliment, or is that like sure, a slam? Drake's a very handsome fellow. You look almost uh, a spitting Yeah. Image. You, we you look a lot alike, me and Drake. <laughs> he's got image. a beard. He has no wrinkles. He's good looking. Great smile. You just need to go. I'm tired Tom. and broken down. Let me see that picture of this cat. Come on. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull him up. He'll pull it. Tom, you look just like Drake. In all honesty, what's your favorite Drake <laughs> album? My favorite Drake album. Uh, I'm gonna say it's the it's the very first one. If I were you know going yeah. back to 2010, I think it was called uh, Thank Me Later. Make me let that. That's actually, big league album. That, I believe that's actually a mixtape, Tom. So, okay. Well, how about Take Care? Take Care is my favorite Drake album. That's a good one, Tom. That's a great one. You know, you put some batting gloves on. You put some batting gloves on. You could sing headlines right for the rest for, for the show. We 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 right here. I thought headlines was out here. Right. Yeah. Right. You put on some batting. Look at you, Tom. Look just that. I think that's a picture of Tom Brenneman. Oh gosh, I wish I looked that good. Man, that's a handsome man. What are you doing, Casey? He's gonna put I'm, you side gonna by put side. I'm gonna put you side by side here. Okay. It's a I'll very try, serious I'll, I'll try sports to, talk show. I mean, I read it. I don't know if that's a compliment <laughs> or if it's not. I mean, you, uh, look you just get a, like him. You get a goatee, and I think there's a lot of resemblance there. Man, I wish I looked that good. That dude's a handsome guy. Which guy? He I, lives in a 100 million dollar, 35,000 square foot home. <clears throat> in Toronto, where he's from. Just like Can you imagine, what would you do? I remember when I was living in Arizona, it was the first time I'd ever seen houses this big as Scottsdale was blowing up. And I remember Randy Johnson at the time moved into a house that was like 20,000 square feet. And I thought to myself, what would you do with that much room? In all seriousness. I mean, everybody can have nice houses. Thank God I have a nice house. Right. And it's too big for my wife and me now, but with the interest rates being what they are, you can't sell the house and then just go buy a new one. And, you know, you go from a 2% loan to an 8% loan. But what do you do with 20,000 feet? What do you do with 35,000 square feet? I mean, you build a gym in there. Or, I mean, what do you do? I, I you have your friends come and live with you, I guess. Like, I, I really don't know, Tom. That's too much space. He also has his own private What would you jet. do with 35,000 feet, Elliot? 35,000 feet? I Square would, feet. I would sell it, get cash, and then put it all on the Browns tonight. Minus seven. That's what <laughs> I would do. Sell it all and, and, and give me some money to gamble with. That's about, that's what, like seven, seven miles of square footage? 35,000 feet? I mean, that's, it, it's unbelievable. 
Seven God square dang. miles is your house. Build a stadium? <laughs> I don't know. That's wild. Seven miles? I mean, 35,000 feet divided by 5,280. 5, I mean, it's not the best math in the world, but sure. No doubt about it. Wait, Drew Garrison wants to know where the table. We're getting the table. I promise we are getting the table. Man, we got some disturbed dudes in the in the chat today. <laughs> I mean, really disturbed dudes. Rick S says you look like George Clooney. Ooh, Ooh that's a good oh, one too. Please. You Give do. Talk. You know the guy that looks just like George Clooney, and I thought forever uh, was um, Jay Wright. Jay Wright does look like George Clooney. He looks a lot like Jay Clooney. I always thought about that. And by the way, I hear that movie he directed. My mother-in-law told me last night that movie he has out. He's not in it. About the rowing story, which is a true story. I heard that's great. It's called the... The Boys boys in the Boat. Boys in... I hear it is unbelievable. Yeah. Really, really good story and a true story. Uh, We got James Rapine coming up uh, any minute now. Let me know, uh, Casey. You sent him a link, obviously, right? Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll have him... um, Coming up shortly, you know, but isn't it interesting, fellas? Because I remember us talking about this, Casey. I mean, you know, you and I were you know, still doing this regularly. These guys hadn't jumped on board yet yep. when the show was pretty much brand new. And, I mean, the first thing that jumped out you on that schedule to all of us was the Bengals, Burrowhead, Kansas City, New Year's Eve, yep. whole nine yards. This was going to be a game the Bengals would finally go in there get a win which means they'd have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs yeah yeah here we are a little different ball game a little different tom just a little bit i mean we're we're trying to scrape for a playoff spot at this point um the season is definitely not shaped up to what we thought it would be um i don't know if it's a complete utter disaster i don't know if we would go that far but it's certainly definitely not it certainly feels like uh it, it still has the same like importance like this is a this is a momentous part of our season this is a make or break sort of deal if we don't win this game probably aren't going to make the playoffs i know i know what the odds say that there's still a chance that we can make it a nine and eight but you pretty much could yeah yeah it ain't happening it ain't gonna happen if you're nine and eight but man, I mean, you just think about. I mean, you're, everything you just said is correct. It's obviously still very, very important. I still think it's very important, as I said a minute ago, to Kansas City because they have got some major league issues. Who's having a more disappointing year at this point? The well, Bengals. I, or the I would have to say because the Bengals well, have excuses, right? Like they, we've had a hurt quarterback yeah. for, for nine of the fifteen games we've played. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard to say that, I mean, Kansas City, yeah, in terms of its record and its performance on offense and all the drops of the wide receivers and all of those, kind, you know, they've had injuries too. Pacheco's been hurt a lot this year in the run game, that kind of thing. But they still lead their division. Right. And they're going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And once, as, as we've talked about a thousand times, in every sport, once you get there, especially in football, more so than baseball, basketball, hockey, because every one of their postseason starts with a series. Right. Yeah, there's a one game. Oh, there's not even the one game wild card anymore. Right. I mean, now it's a best of three. Correct. So, this, you know, football really is the quintessential definition of once you get in, anything can happen. That's right. I mean, we saw Brock Purdy the other. Now, granted, it was against the Ravens. But you can walk into an NFL playoff game, be an overwhelming underdog, 
And all of a sudden, it's that one bad day for the favorite's quarterback. He's off target. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's snowing. Maybe it's raining. Maybe it's cold. Whatever it might be. And he has an off day, and you steal the win, and on you go. In 2021, there was a team, I don't I don't know who it was, but a team in the AFC that, that came in, barely won their <laughs> oh division. Oh, my God, here we go. I'm just saying, no, I'm just proving your point. That no, you're you, right. You, you get in, you get in, and anything can happen. I remember power rankings coming out back when the Bengals made the postseason back in 2021. They, they power ranked the 14 teams in the postseason, and the Bengals, despite being AFC North winners, were listed as the worst team in the postseason because of all the problems, because they led the league in sacks, because they were inconsistent offensively at times. And what happens? They, they rattle off three wins in a row, go to the Super Bowl, we're one play away from winning it. So, yeah, anything can happen. You just got to get in. And, and if you're, you're Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan and seen two championships in four years or whatever it's been, you like your chances once you're there. Well, at least you take your chances. Right, right. You may not right. like them, but you'll take them. You'll take them, right. right. You will take them. Do we have James Rapine dialed in? We do not. Um, and, you know, what we're going to do is you had a great idea, uh, Reed, uh, earth-shattering news, albeit, that um, we were going to, after the games this weekend, there are going to be huge games next weekend. Sure. I mean across the board from – the NFC South division winner, potentially the AFC South division winner, potentially even the AFC North division winner. The NFC East division has not been determined for sure yet, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the, yeah, there's still a two-game spread, and there's two to go. Right, right. right. So you've got, a, you've got so, and then the wild cards in the NFC, which is just as crazy as the wild cards in the AFC. So after the games this weekend – we're going to know all the scenarios of what this happens, that happens, blah, blah, blah. And we hope the Bengals are right in the mix, coming off a win. But we're going to predict on Monday, next week, yep. who we think uh, or what we think, which teams are going to ultimately make the playoffs and where they're going to be seated. Oh, Browns have no chance to win the division. Baltimore's not going to lose no, two in a row. Especially to the Steelers. Chance. It's, it's yeah, there's always a chance. We just got finished saying you always have a chance. It's it's a two per two percent chance, according to uh, New York Times' playoff picture. But it would re just rely on them to win out, the Ravens to lose out, and that's that. The Browns are right now projected to play the Jaguars. Who would you take in that? Jaguars. Oh, come on, come on! Are you kidding me? I, I, I think, like, we, we do the fraud or for real game, and I said this yesterday, but that the, the Jaguars aren't frauds. They're not for real. They're just bad. That's just a bad franchise there. I Honestly, I kind of feel sorry for them, but they play half their games in London, then they come here. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is clearly not the guy. Well, he's hurt. He might be hurt, he's but he's, been not, hurt he's still a lot. not the guy. Is, he had a playoff win where he threw four interceptions. Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like this guy's beating the world down with his talent. So, I listen, I, I, I think the Browns can make a run at it. I think the AFC is still wide open. I'll make that joke. It's not really a joke. Reed thinks it is, though. I think I think it's literally anybody's game this year. Literally, the Super Bowl can be anybody's game this year. The, you really the, believe that? I really believe that. I really believe it. The, I, I think the 49ers are damn good. I'm sure we're going to talk about it when we get to our top five. But in the 49ers have a very good chance. But at the end of the day, uh, you look at who's quarterback, and he's, I would argue, Brock Purdy again. A phenomenal season. I can't take that away from him. 
but he's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Josh Allen. He's not all these guys. So I think if you look around the league, I think this year it could be one of the lower seeds, a five, six, or seven, a wild card team winning a Super Bowl, which I think would be fun. Well, I mean, if you just look at the five seeds alone, at least as of today, right? The Cowboys, more than capable of beating anybody on any given day. There's no doubt about that. Correct. Uh, so that that's a five seed, right? Wild to, card team. You look at the, the you look at the Brownies. I mean, and I know people around here don't like to don't like to talk about it, but that defense they they went through a rough stretch here. They've had some guys nicked up, beat up, out. But man, Flacco, that that dude, you know the one thing about Flacco is he has had unbelievable success in the postseason. Now you can say, well, I, you know, that's six, seven. Okay, that's fine. But the point is, is when he walks onto the field in the postseason, th- this guy's been there, That's done right, that. Right. He's not going to be overwhelmed by some crowd in fill-in-the-blank, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. or if they had to go play Kansas City, or if they had to go play Miami. He's not walking in there, especially with, with, with the rest of that team. Now, Amari Cooper tonight, and this has a lot to do with that wager you got going on. Uh, he might not play tonight. Mm-hmm. with a heel injury coming off a franchise record 265 yards last week. Do we have our main man? Yes, we do. James Rapine. We have missed seeing him. His handsome <laughs> face, a belated Merry Christmas. How was everything? I assume Santa Claus was at your house, right? Christmas Eve, Christmas morning? Yeah. Oh, Santa was here. Uh, cookies were had. It was it was a great time, no doubt about it. Merry Christmas to you too. Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. It's great to see you. Sports Illustrated, allbengals.com, Locked on Bengals podcast at James Rapine on X. All right, let's get to um, let's get to the two big questions. It looks like Cam Taylor Britt for sure is playing, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Number two, what about Jamar Chase? I think he's got a good shot. I do. I watched him pretty closely on the rehab field yesterday and he was looking as explosive and fast and getting in and out of his breaks with the the quickness and speed that you want to see and so I I think it'll be about soreness today moving that shoulder lifting it above his head reaching for passes catching passes of course but how does he feel and if he can be even limited today and I'm not sure he necessarily needs to practice at all to play to be quite honest but even if he's limited today, I would think that that's a, a really good sign for him to play. So I think he's trending in the right direction. I think there's certainly a shot. And part of it is is pretty simple. If you lose, you might not need to bring him back for week 18 anyways. Mm-hmm. So if he can go this week, you want him to be able to go. You know, he's a tough guy. And he, you know, you know, James, look, at the end of the day, every guy that plays in the National Football League, okay, whether they play good or bad, they are all tough guys. Now, there's different guys as far as pain tolerance and what they can play with and can't play with. That's the story of life with different people. But, you know, the thing about this guy is, is, and I used to hear the same things when I was doing NFL games about Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you got all the flash and you got all the, you know, the, you know, the sex appeal and the whole nine yards. But at the end of the day, it seems to me like Chase is very much like Beckham in this regard. They both love to practice. They both constantly want to get better, and they are both really tough guys. I would agree with that, that description of, of Chase. I think there's there's less drama as yeah. well. 
I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean from that standpoint. I just meant as far yeah, yeah, as yeah. their commitment to being great players. And clearly Beckham has had injuries where he can't even get on the field. But I used to hear that about him all the time, that even when he had it rolling with the Giants, that, that he was always into practice, really tough, and cared and always wanted to get better. I, I sense the same things with Chase. I totally agree. And I, I think it's not just physically tough. He's mentally tough, extremely tough. And that's why I, I give him a good shot to play this week, why I think he is one of the premier receivers in the game and why having him could be the difference between beating the Chiefs and losing by 20. I think he's as valuable of a, a receiver as there is in the NFL outside of maybe Tyreek Hill because of the way the Dolphins are built around his speed. But from a, a toughness standpoint, from a usage standpoint, what they ask him to do down in and down out, versatility, there's no one quite like Chase. And they obviously rely on Jamar to do so much. So, yeah, I think he's, uh, he's crucial to their chances this Sunday in Kansas City if he can play. Um, when, when, when you look at the, the, the sort of mentality of the Bengals, and I think this is an area where Zach Taylor's done an excellent job. We talk about, use words like culture and environment and everybody being all in. You don't see a lot of drama with this team, players bad-mouthing the coach, questioning this or that, whatever it might be. But last week was ugly. And you clearly have to turn the page because this is a huge game, maybe a season-saving game. Um, just from the last couple of days at practice, now last number of days of practice, even around a holiday, do you feel like this group is 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 beyond last week and and they're 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 ready to go this week? Will be ready to go this week? Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I think it certainly helps when you have Christmas right afterwards. It's not like they played on Monday and then had a, a quick turnaround. You had a few days to process it to absorb what they did or didn't do in the standings and what everybody else did or didn't do. And the reality for the Bengals, it's pretty simple. Win these next two. You win them, you're probably going to be in. And it obviously starts against Kansas City, but that's that's kind of a freeing mindset. You know what you have to do. You don't have to really scoreboard watch much. And you're playing, I don't want to say with house money, but Tom, the pressure's on the Chiefs this Sunday. Yeah, The pressure isn't on the Bengals. The Chiefs are the ones that have fumbled the one seed and the playoffs aren't going to go through Arrowhead again and are legitimately, they've been bad on offense and they have one of the best defenses in the league and you would expect Patrick Mahomes and that offense to figure it out. So will that be this week? We'll see. But from a Bengals perspective, I think they look at it as, okay, we know what we have to do. They don't really feel the pressure going into this game. It's more of a freedom of let's just find a way to win in if we do, we'll we'll make the postseason again. And so I, I, I do. I think it's a, almost a house money approach, so to speak, given where they're at in the standings and what they have to do to get to the postseason. You know, I'm trying to think my way through this question as I'm about to ask it. So bear with me here just for one second. What is a greater challenge, do you think, for the Bengals? And you can reflect back on the the, the recent encounters with Kansas City. But 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 is a greater challenge to the Bengals? a really good Kansas City offense and not such a great defense as we've seen in the past, or a sputtering Kansas City offense versus a great or very, very good Kansas City defense. You know where I'm going with that question? Does that make any sense? I, I do. I do. And, and the answer is the offense. 
and, and how they've been constructed in the past because you could go there. And in fact, I think they did go there. Maybe it was in 2018 on Sunday night football. It was a primetime game and they just get their doors blown off. You look up and they're down 21, nothing. And it was just ugly. And the Bengals had gotten off to a good start that year. And obviously that was the Marvin Lewis era, but it was like the start of this Patrick Mahomes run. And that's sort of the difference is I, I think that when you have a, a high powered offense to that level, you can overcome a defense and make a defense look much better because you're up 21 nothing, if because you get off to such a quick start. With this Kansas City team, the defense played great the other day. It's not like Aiden O'Connell was lighting mm-hmm. them up. They just didn't have two pick sixes or two huge turnovers for touchdowns, and the, the Chiefs offense obviously faltered. So I, I just think it's easier to hide your flaws with an explosive offense in today's NFL. But this Chiefs team... They're still dangerous. They're still a contender. I'm not going to dismiss them. And I do wonder if this is the week, especially without DJ Reader, if they look at the interior of their offensive line and say, that's our strength. Whether it's Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, obviously Joe Tooney, let's run it between the tackles. Some of that's probably dependent on Isaiah Pacheco. But maybe you take some off of Patrick Mahomes' plate, not because he can't handle it, but because the weapons around him clearly haven't performed to the level that we expected. There just seems to be, you know, and we talked about it for different reasons with the Steelers and everything that was going on with Pickens and Tomlin and their season and the quarterback and the offense, blah, blah, blah. You know, similarly, there just seems to be, I'm not, and I, I will use the word drama because when you start mixing in and some people saying, I've heard some people saying, I agree with them, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't have anything to do with anything about how well with the Chiefs. But, but that's an element that's part of it one way or the other, if nothing else for just, you know, what you talk about. There just seems to be drama. Kelsey's throwing helmets on the sidelines. Mahomes, you can read his lips about getting the freaking play called. You know, all Mahomes, whether he was yelling or trying to inspire his offensive line on a sideline. Um, these are very real pictures of frustration and things that have not, you know, hampered this Kansas City team during the Mahomes era. Uh, It just doesn't seem to be – there's something missing. You agree with that? I don't know what it is, but there's something missing. I do agree. I think – and Bill Simmons said this. I would love to have taken the credit, but Bill Simmons said it. It kind of feels like the 2019 Patriots – that, that final year with Brady where they, they lose to the Titans at home in the playoffs. And it looked like the same guys. You still had Edelman. There was no Gronk, but you still had Brady. You still had Belichick. And it just it didn't feel right. And they kind of faltered at the end of the year, and then they get knocked out early in the playoffs in the, in the, the first round. So I, I think that's the comparison. But to your Pickens comparison, because I've been pretty critical of the Bengals, they had a chance to – completely send that guy to the moon. Everyone was talking about, in Pittsburgh, trading him, will he last the season, all of those things. And the second play of the game, he has an 86-yard touchdown. And just like that, everything is good. Everything's yeah, good again. No, no doubt you, about you, it. You can't do that this week. I, if, if you're the Bengals, you need to think, all right, we need to make Patrick Mahomes slam his helmet. We need to make sure that Travis Kelsey is really frustrated and thinking about his – celebrity girlfriend up there being embarrassed that she's here at New Year's Eve watching him lose. And and so you need to get off to a good start. You can't let them off the hook. If they take their first possession, 10 plays, 75 yards, and score a touchdown, 
well, then it's business as usual, and it's really hard to overcome that. There's pressure on the Chiefs. You want to keep that pressure building and adding in front of a, a crowd that is going to be probably a bit anxious, especially if they get off to a slow start. All right, they're, they're, everybody has their thoughts about what could be the difference in the game. But, but you know, from a strictly a Bengal standpoint, and, and you just mentioned that, without a doubt, that's a key. You can't let them get off and rolling like the Steelers did last week, and here we go, and now you're behind, and you don't run the ball, whatever. Maybe. But if you looked at a couple of areas where you say, you know, this is something you alluded to Pacheco. We don't know what really his status as far as being at full strength is concerned. But if you look at, at a couple of things in this game and you say, you know, that that really is something we need to watch, what would they be? I think first thing is you don't want Kelsey, who, man, oh, man, has, has continued to defy age. I think it's funny that Taylor Swift blaming when he's 34 years old and Kelsey's been in the league for a long, long time and playing at such a high level, you don't want him to get going. But I, I think their defense concerns me a lot in, in this, this pass rush that they have. It's not just Chris Jones. It's, it's all of the above. And so can you operate in that environment? Jake Browning talked about how loud uh, it is. And after a while, loud is just loud and it doesn't matter. No one can hear anyway. So you just have to go on the silent count. How they handle that and if they can get going on offense against a a really good defense. I mean, their defense is better than the Bengals' defense, which people might not want to hear, but they have been consistently throughout the year. And I think they're the best unit in this game. So can you take it to that Chiefs defense and, and be able to be the aggressor at times? I think having Jamar obviously is huge, but it's going to fall on Jake. You're going to need good Jake, fourth quarter Minnesota Jake or – Indianapolis Colts, Jake, whatever you want to say, when we've seen him play at his highest level. If he does that, I, I think they do have a chance. But it's it, that defense is – I don't want people to sleep on it. This is not your normal Kansas City Chiefs defense. Yeah, yeah. They have played very, very, very well. Okay, uh, prediction. Bengals go in there and win the game? Ooh, I've, I haven't thought about a prediction yet. Okay. It's, it, okay. it was weird with the holiday. It feels like a short week, even though it's yeah. a long week for the Bengals. I. Yeah. As of now, I'm leaning Chiefs. I, I think that this is, you know, you're a desperate team. You want to clinch the division. You're at home. And you're playing a team that doesn't have Joe Burrow. And, and yet there is something that's very dangerous about a team that has nothing to lose. And let's be honest here. If the Bengals lose to the Chiefs, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. And so I would put it in the, the nothing to lose category, even though they might not phrase it that way. And so... Could this be the week Zach Taylor hits a trick play and it, it actually works? I think oh, it might. Please, please don't say I, that. Please. I think it might. I, please don't say I, that. I think it might. So I'm not ruling it out. I, I certainly think they have a, a good shot to win, but it's it's a tough place to play. They could go play well and still lose in a close game. All right, I want to ask you, before we let you go, I want because you're really tuned in to the rest of the league in the NFL. I was shocked, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I am just shocked of this Russell Wilson thing. We gave through some of the numbers where, you know, if he doesn't pass a physical, you know, uh, in March, that they got to hand him a check for $37 million. Uh, he's going to be owed, if you cut him, close to $90 million. It's a first year next year, first year of that five-year, $242 million deal. I mean, 
you, you, they haven't scored like you want a team to score. Sean Payton's an offensive guy. He's been frustrated with the red zone. He's been frustrated with the points. He's been frustrated with third down. But it's not like Wilson has been awful. Uh, I mean, do you think at the end of the day that Wilson is done in Denver? No doubt. And the moment they hired Sean Payton, the clock was ticking on Russell Wilson. And what he had to do was prove that he's still a franchise guy, that he's still worth that contract, that he's someone that they can build around still and not a shell of himself. And I, I agree. I think he's flashed some this year. I also think that the writing's on the wall, that he isn't the guy that's going to get them to a, a division championship, let alone a, a Super Bowl title. And it's it's tough. But when they hired Sean Payton, I think those conversations were had prior uh, about, all right, this is a realistic scenario. I'm not going to baby Russell Wilson. I'm not going to treat him any different. And he's going to have to prove that he's my quarterback. And I, I think, obviously, that new ownership group in Denver, they have a, a lot of a lot of money to toss around. And, and so I think they, they agreed to that ahead of time. And I get it. I, I do get it. I, I think it's interesting. Where does he end up? The, is he a starter somewhere else? Because there were some good signs this year. But yep. uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's a business. And, and everyone knows it. And these are one of these. I don't, I don't even want to say cold-hearted things because he's getting a lot of money. But it, it, it does stink in a way because I do think Russell Wilson's been a good teammate at least this year. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it, it, it leads me to my final thought because isn't it amazing, and, and this is really the story in life, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, but, but we're talking about football and about, about quarterbacks and these long-term hundreds of millions of dollars deal and how quickly it can turn and saddle a franchise. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. around here wanted to give Burrow the money. He's earned it. He deserves it. Everybody's looking forward to his future. Lamar Jackson, same thing. Herbert, same thing. Hurts, same thing. All these guys. But, man, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, James. We're talking about Russell Wilson, just like we're talking now about Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott. You know, all these guys – it wasn't that long ago where he was among the elite of the elite of the elite. Two things there. First one, that's why if you're the Bengals, if you're the Ravens, and obviously their window appears to be wide open, you have to have the urgency year in and year out because you just don't know. You don't know what injuries are going to happen. You don't know how seasons are going to go. And so it's got to be foot on the gas the entire time to find ways to put pieces around your quarterback to make sure that you can not only contend for a Super Bowl, but in your minds, be the best roster. And that's really, really hard to do because every team's trying to do it. And, and so I, I think there has to be urgency always, including this offseason, which obviously there's a lot of question marks with the Bengals. But as far as uh, an NFL picture, and obviously there's probably some Ohio State fans uh, that are watching, Justin Fields. The answer is obvious in Chicago. You trade him. You do not pay him. You, you're going to have probably the number one pick unless Carolina, I think, wins out. Then there's a chance, and I don't think they'll do that. But you can't saddle yourself to a, just an okay quarterback that may be good. That's not at these numbers. It's just you cannot do it. You have to, to kind of reset, and whether it's resetting the entire franchise or, or just bringing in a new quarterback, I, I – I would really hesitate to commit big money. The Daniel Jones contract, 
That's yeah. insane. I never yeah. would have done that if I was New York. There's another example. It just And I know it didn't work out this year, but even when it happened, it was like, that does not really make sense. And it's because the money is too great for mediocre. And, and so maybe some of these teams will move on rather than extending okay quarterbacks. They'll move on and try to find the next guy, which it's challenging to do because it could it put is. your job on the line. It yeah. is. It is. And, and a lot of these guys who are GMs or presidents of football operations, whatever they might be, you know, their tails on the line. If all of a sudden you say, OK, because, you know, we were doing the, the drill the other day. You start comparing the numbers. You mentioned Fields. I mean, Fields is overall numbers. You can make an argument that they are better than Trevor Lawrence. But Fields gets killed. And I'm talking about the entire picture now. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about running the ball, throwing the ball, touchdown passes and number of games played. I mean, you know, the Jaguars are going to have to make a decision on this guy and everybody and his brother. So oh, you, I'm sure they're going to say, give him the money. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. The last thing I want to ask you is and because you brought it up and I was going to leave. I, I wasn't going to ask you anything further and take up my, any more of your time. So thank you. But when you said about a team being all in, here's my question for you. Okay, if you've got these guys, I have a really hard time as a Bengals fan and I am a Bengals fan. I try to be as objective as possible, but I am a Bengals fan, just like you. You grew up here in town. You root for him. You have to cover him. But at the end of the day, we root for him to win. And that's, there's nothing wrong with saying that as a member of the quote unquote media. We root for him to win. It's better for the town. It's better for all of us. But. As a Bengal fan, I, I really wrestle with the fact that you're tens of millions of dollars under the salary cap. Now, there may be reasons beyond my understanding of the salary cap, but the bottom line is I find it hard to accept that the Bengals truly were all in this year. And I use the name Jadavian Clowney. Okay, now he's not the guy he used to be. He's not the mm -hmm. player. I said when he hit the market, there is a guy knowing the Bengals' weaknesses going into the season outside of Hendrickson, that their problem was pressuring the quarterback. You could have got that guy just like the Ravens got that guy on a nothing deal and brought him in here, yet you're sitting tens of millions of dollars under the salary cap. I say, as a Bengal fan, that's not going all in. I get it. I get it. And I, I, when you combine it, and I really like Miles Murphy, as a, as a player, I think he's going to be good. But when you combine it with a first rounder, that on paper isn't going to be a, a significant contributor right away. And you have these other holes, tight end, running back, that, that were holes for most of the season. Now, running back seems to solve itself a little bit here. Tanner Hudson has emerged as a tight end. So it might feel different today than it did earlier in the year. But think about that. Think about what it, it would have looked like had they been open to to the right tight end, I will say, in round one. Um, it's it's tough. And, and those are the type of things where it, I think it's tough for fans to to swallow because Jadavian Clowney, you're right, he's an example of a guy that was just out there forever. And they, they have some glaring holes. They're going to have some more holes this offseason. And it's that's why, like, with the T. Higgins conversation, the compensatory picks and all that stuff, like – they shouldn't get another compensatory pick for any of their, their star players for quite some time because they should be in the market for stars always. And they essentially traded Jesse Bates for Orlando Brown Jr. With T. Higgins, I don't think you can just play it out 
on the franchise tag. I think you either sign him, which would be preferable because I think T is really, 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 really good. He'd be the number one receiver in, in Jacksonville or Trevor Lawrence, just to give you an example. Um, and if you don't, then you tag him and you trade him. You try to get value. And then you got to aggressively address that either in the draft or free agency with someone that you think is plug and play, not let's develop him because that's what Miles Murphy is. I love the the ability and the athleticism and i do think he's going to be a really good player but he was 21 and he needed to work on his pass rush and he has done that he he's passed joseph osai on the depth chart like i think it's been a successful rookie year overall for murphy where my expectations were but it, it's not like on draft night we said oh well they just got that pass rusher that they're going to need in the afc title game i didn't view it that way then and obviously it hasn't played out that way so far this year all right, James, we appreciate so much of your time and your expertise. All the best, my friend, and early Happy New Year and safe travels to Kansas City. Happy New Year. Thanks for having uh, me, Tom. All right, buddy. James Rapine, kind enough to join us. Always great stuff with him. He knows what's going on. I, you know, there are a thousand ways we could go off that interview, right? That was a fantastic interview. Uh, well, I mean, he's just great. The, the, the dude is great. I mean, he's on his game. Um, and, and again, follow him at James Rapine because if you want to know what's going on, on a minute by minute, hour by hour, whatever it may be. I mean, you know, I wanted to ask him, and I didn't want to take any more of his time because he had a great uh, piece about Orlando Brown Jr. after the loss to the Steelers about getting the, to, to, to then witness the birth of his child. And it was a really cool story that he wrote. But anyway, neither here nor there. For you, okay, you, you heard everything he just said. What stands out to you? Oh, uh, what stands out is obviously the first two questions you asked about the injuries and, and just, uh, you know, the, the glowing things that James Rapine had to say about Jamar Chase and, and Cam Taylor, right? that's what we wanted to hear, right? We wanted, we wanted to hear that these guys were, were going to have a chance to play or at least going to try and get on that field for, for what seems like, and we've been saying this for three weeks in a row now, what seems like the, the season's on the line, and it, and it is really the backs against the wall. You yep. win this one. It doesn't seem very likely that, that any postseason hopes are going to stay alive. So that was the biggest takeaway. You need Jamar Chase to, to beat a team, regardless of what the Kansas City Chiefs have done over the past seven weeks. You still need a Jamar Chase with a backup quarterback to beat a team that has, I think the Chiefs currently have like the third best defense in the league. Yeah. So you need him on the field. And obviously we, we know the, the holes that have persisted in the secondary with just youth, with a lot of youth in the in, in the secondary. So having Cam Taylor, Cam Taylor Britt back, who is without a doubt the best secondary piece that the Bengals have, getting him back on the field is, is, is incredibly crucial, Tom. The Brat Pack. I think, uh, I, I think if, you, if, you, if you go back to what he said regarding Travis Kelsey, uh, this is a guy that's aging, right? I, he's a 34-year-old tight end. He's their, by far their best offensive weapon, and this year he hasn't been great. Some, some say because of the distraction. Some would say because of the age. I think it's more towards the age thing, like James said. But if you can manage to shut down Travis Kelsey, and Travis has pretty much had his way against the Bengals, I'd say, other than a, a crucial fumble. He, uh, I think that was last year, right? Yeah, when he fumbled it was. Um, outside of that, he's pretty much he's pretty much had his way against us. If you can shut him down, Patrick Mahomes just doesn't have anybody to throw to. He's got Rasheed Rice, and that is it. He has two people. He has two guys he throws to. And if you want to say Noah Gray and, and Justin Watson – and whoever, the, whoever else the hell they're throwing out there can beat us, that's fine. You can go ahead and make them beat you. But don't let Travis Kelsey beat you. And I think that's been the, that's been the motto of every team that's played the Chiefs for the past 15 weeks, 16, 16 weeks now. 
shut down Travis Kelsey, and you, and you put yourself in a good position to shut down the Kansas City offense. He also said, again, uh, the Raiders beat the Chiefs, granted, because of a terrible pick six and a fumble six. Yep. Both horrible. Score, yep. But saying that, like, Aiden O'Connell, again, completed one pass in three quarters. That's right. Right. This is this isn't a team this isn't a team that that can win a Super Bowl in my opinion right now at Kansas this City. at this very second right at this very second so I they still don't look like one that's right at this very second again they could go uh, get hot in the playoffs and anything can happen like Tom says but as of right now this second when you travel to Kansas City this isn't the team we lost to in the AFC Championship game this is a completely different roster so I, I like our chances I like our chances to win this do game. you really I do really you I were do. the guy that said three uh, four weeks ago DUN done. I do. And now and, you're telling and me I said with a backup quarterback, the Bengals are rolling into Browninghead. That's right, Tom. And they're they getting a dub on Sunday. Is that what Elliot the Zebra Rearing just said? I think if you look at the Bengals' defense, they're not good at very many things. They're good at getting turnovers, right? You look at Jake Browning. I don't think he's great. I think he's better than Aiden O'Connell. There's a lot of things that I, I look at this Bengals team. I look at. I know it's just a one-off. Any team can beat anybody any given Sunday. I get it. Or any given Monday. For the, for the Raiders Chiefs. But I don't know. I, I think if you can force a turnover from Patrick Mahomes, they, they're not going to be able to play from behind. It's going to be broken plays left and right. If you can force a couple turnovers, you're, you're going to win this game. I think it's a seven-point spread right now. I'd take the Bengals. Zach Taylor, God bless him. God love him, as Reed would say. God love him. He's not great against the AFC North. He's not great right. against a certain X number of teams. He's good against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, he's good against pretty much everybody out there <laughs> outside of the AFC, AFC North. North. Right. It's I mean, they've sl- lost five games. Yeah. And, well, they've lost, what, seven on the year? That's right. Right? And five are in the division. That's right. Tough sledding. It's tough sledding in the AFC. Hey, right. especially in Steelers. Everybody knows that. Listen, I mean, we, we, can, we can make fun of the AFC North thing, but the San Francisco 49ers are one and three against the AFC North. That's right. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and how bad they've looked. Well, on their four-game losing streak, they lost three, three games to the AFC North. But, Tom, what do you think about uh, James' James' analogy to this Kansas City Chiefs team looking like the 2019 New England Patriots. Well, I mean, look, when, when you see the sideline stuff, that's where it happens, is when you start seeing that stuff. And look, I am all in on players having emotion, showing their, I have no problem with it all with a guy throwing a helmet. I got, I mean, none at all. I, I could care less, as long as he's not throwing it like Coach Kasky talked about yesterday, he throws it nearly, takes somebody's head off and gets somebody hurt. That's a different ballgame. But if a guy comes over, I got no problem with a quarterback screaming in an offensive line. I got no problem at all. I mean, his tail's back there, the one that's getting killed. And if they're not getting it done, and you got to walk over to a guy, cameras be damned, and you're saying, get your act together now or get out. We live in a world where you can't say that to people anymore. That Be accountable. And I don't know what it was Mahomes said over there the other day. I don't know what he was trying to fire him up, but but Brady did that stuff all the time. And if it's good enough for Brady, it's good enough for me. It's fair. Because all the cat did was win. And he wasn't one of these, even though he's from California, he's not one of these California participation. No, 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 no. He's all about winning. He learned that at Michigan. I wouldn't even say that. It's not even just Mahomes either. I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey just recently said th- – this is a quote from Travis Kelsey. This is on his podcast, right? Yeah, this is on his yeah. podcast. We handed that team a win on Christmas. We literally played Santa and gave them a present. It's frustrating effing experience right now. It's not just one guy. It's not just me playing like 
dog crap. It's not just us being on the same page passing wise. It's everybody in this effing thing together. Everybody at some point is not being accountable. The Chiefs are currently two and four in the last six games. Patrick Mahomes has had his worst season passing in his career right now. He's currently um, 10th, 10th most uh, uh, turnover worthy plays currently in the NFL. And their differential in turnovers is minus 10, which is also the worst in the NFL yeah, right now. Yeah, it's brutal. So, like, that's another positive, at least for this Bengals team, who mm -hmm. can't survive without the turnovers. They're playing the team that turns the ball over the most. So, I think that there is some merit to us having some faith in competing against this team. But when can you ever count out a, a guy like Mahomes? Yeah. And the way that we played on defense, I just have a hard time. I'm not as confident as Elliott is. I think it's one of those games where we're going to have a lot of hope like we did with the Steelers and get disappointed. But there's a lot there that suggests that this team is just not the same. I thought the 2019 Patriots team was still pretty good. They made it to the wild card. And, yeah, they had that, uh, that wild card game. I think it was against the Titans and Tom Brady throws that pick yeah. six. That's his last throw as a Patriot, right? I think that is very – that's a decent team. It's not like it's a bad team. They still had a decent record. But I don't know if the Bengals can get it done. Chiefs, I don't know. Chief, yeah, no, well, I want to clarify something. I'm not, I'm not, you said they were going to win by double digits, the Bengals, against the Chiefs. He did? When, I didn't say I'm that. Just, when the hell did I say that? Although See, you did, I, I'm going to continue to come back to the Brownies. You're this, knocking on the door, but but your thought about feel, this. This feels like the Jaguars game. It doesn't feel like the Steelers game. Jaguars. Casey said you, it feels like the Steelers game. The Steelers game, I expected the Bengals to win by 50 because that's a dis disgusting roster. It's Mason Rudolph. It's a banged-up Steelers defense. The Steelers aren't very good. I don't know. This feels more like a Jaguars game where it's like you're 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 seven you're a touchdown underdog yeah. to a team that you probably won't beat. All hope is seemingly lost. This is the game I think the Bengals show up for. I I'm, I wouldn't say I'm overly confident that the Bengals win the game. I, I it's hard for me to be confident when the defense gives up 300 yards to Mason Rudolph, 200 yards to George Pickens on That's four, what worries on me. four plays. Mm -hmm. But you have you have faith though. Like you you have some some hidden faith in sure, the back of your mind that they can win. I don't think we had any faith after that Pittsburgh loss going no. up against Jaguar. We had no faith no whatsoever. Faith. No faith. Uh, somebody around here did. Tom's right. He's Tom's the only one. Somebody around Tom's here the said guy. they'd show up. I I don't know if I got that feel. And I'm not. I, I, I look. I'm I'm wrong ten times more than I'm right. So when I ever get a chance to pat myself on the back, I'm going to do it. Uh, I don't know if I have that feeling yet about this game. Uh, not yet. Maybe by tomorrow. I, I can't decide yet because we don't know if Chase is playing. Um, I do think that makes a huge difference if Chase plays. Does. And James has talked about it. It does. Even though uh, James put up on his Twitter, you know, the numbers that T. Higgins has had in his career when Chase wasn't there. You brought up during the offseason about how much more efficient the Bengals' offense in the few games Chase has missed, how they have missed Higgins when he's been out more than they've missed Chase when he's been out. That's right. That was leading into this year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've seen more examples of their offense sputtering along this year without Higgins and having Chase than, 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 than maybe in the past. Because Higgins, Higgins really has been hurt all year long. He right. played great two weeks ago, played really well last week, uh, and they needed bad. Whether Chase is here or not, they need him bad this week. Desperately. Yeah. I found it interesting him alluding to uh, that, that what to do with uh, 
Higgins. I, the what to do with Higgins keeps me up at night, Tom. Yeah. Because I, I I don't know what. Listen, when an answer is easy, when you, when you know a solution to a problem, you just do it, right? You look at politics in the world, and the reason that we argue is because there's no easy solution to the, to the problems we're trying to create. The T. Higgins thing, I don't know what in the world the Bengals are going to do. There, there's three avenues, and all have their pros. They all have their cons, and, and, and James laid them out. If, if, if you franchise tag them, well, you want to get some value, so you got to go trade them, and then all of a sudden you've got to – You've got not just one hole with Tyler Boyd leaving. You got two holes with T. Higgins, and you got to rapidly uh, increase yeah. the wide receiving core. If you uh, sign them long term, well, that handicaps you or handcuffs you and yep. what you can do with with the rest of the roster. It keeps me up at night, Tom. I, I don't know what the answer is, and I and I feel like whatever the Bengals do, I'm not going to like what they do. Like I, I, that's a great point. Yeah. Whatever they do, it's going to look bad on one side and, and and okay on the other. Dude, can you imagine? It, you say it keeps you up at night. What do, you, what do you think those nights are like for Duke Tobin and Katie Brown? I mean, they're thinking about all this stuff. Mike Brown. Right. I mean, you know they're thinking about it when they're watching a game or at their practice and they're getting ready for a game. Okay. But, but when they get home at night and they're thinking, man, I look at our team this year. Yeah, the Burroughs stuff, injured. But, but, you know, if we sign Higgins and then we know in a year or two we got to sign Chase, now, what are you really able to do? The salary cap's going to go up. Sure. It's gone up every year, and it's going up a lot quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's jumping up $25, $35, $45 million rapidly on a per-year basis. So, you'll have more wiggle room. But, man, I mean, you, you certainly think you love to have them, but if you sign them, what's that? As you pointed out, what's that allow you to do with the rest of your team? And you've got major league question marks coming up. You know, that defensive line. Reader, hurt. You know, lack of production from some other guys. You know, what are you going to do with this offensive line? I mean, where do you really evaluate that? You know, there's a good chance they're looking for a right tackle next year. Mm-hmm. Right tackle's oh, yeah. a big deal. It's expensive. It's a big deal. We saw what Watt did to Williams. Watt does it to every right tackle. I mean, you know, and, and, and then even in the subsequent years, and this is what guys like Duke Tobin are paid for, Kappa and Karras come up the next year, right? So now you're talking about potentially in a two-year time frame, and I know we're getting way out of ourselves and it's a Chiefs game this weekend. I, I get all that. But, but we're just following to the end of, of this journey of, of, of thinking about things that keep you up at night. You're not developing anybody on that offensive line right now. Volson has made nice steps in the season. But Jackson Carmen's career is pretty much over here. D-U-N done. Yeah. They got older guys like Cody Ford. And they, got some, they don't have anybody that's developing. And I'm not at practice every day, so maybe there's a couple. Of, but they got Sharping and guys like this guy you know, on the roster, right? Right. I mean, if you've got to replace theoretically in the next two years, and there are going to be other guys out there you can do it with. But theoretically... Within a two-year time frame, you would have to reconstruct your offensive line again during this window of the Joe Burrow contract of trying to be all in. It's conceivable you would have to reconstruct your offensive line starting with the center, right guard, right tackle over two seasons. The guys that are protecting 
your franchise quarterback and the ability to win a Super Bowl. These are big decisions. They're not life-changing decisions. But for a football team and for a fan base, these are huge decisions. Yeah, they're huge decisions. And the way that they decided to do it before all these young guys hit um, got these big deals in Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and T. Higgins was to do it via free agency. Can you still do that with all those guys locked up? Do you have faith that you can finally hit on some offensive linemen in the draft? Because I, I don't know about you, Tom. I don't have a whole lot of faith in, in, in Duke Tobin and, and Zach Taylor and Frank Pollock hitting on the draft because they haven't shown me that they've been able to do that. For the line. For the line. Offensive line, yes. Okay. On, on the offensive line. They're but good everywhere else. Most places. Most places. Defensive line, they haven't. Both trenches. Yeah, both trenches haven't, okay, haven't been that good. Fair. But in the perimeter, no, no doubt about it. But yeah, I, once again, these are problems that are are problems that happen once you sign a quarterback to a big deal. They're problems that every team faces every so often that, that once a team that, that got to a Super Bowl, that got to an AFC championship, they a few years get down the road, you've got to constantly replace. The teams that constantly succeed in this league – do, do two things well. They have a good quarterback, they have a good coach, and then they also draft well. That's the key. That's the key. So you've got to hit on the draft. But these are problems that every team faces, It's it's and the Bengals are no different. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's where where are your issues? You know, for Denver, we just use them because they're in the news today. If they cut loose Russell Wilson, they don't have any draft picks. They got six. They don't have a second rounder. I think they have the 13th pick in the draft. Well, you know, you're not going to get uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May. You know, there, there, there's been talk right. that if J.J. McCarthy comes out, he would be the kind of guy that would run a Peyton kind of offense. Uh, you know, McCarthy may come back. But the point is, is that, you know, one guy is over here looking for a quarterback and they're spending in some other places. This franchise is looking at, okay, we got the quarterback. Right. Uh, even though two the of his four years done. now, he's been knocked out with serious injuries. You know, sure. it was a year ago this time – we're all beating up on Lamar Jackson because he can't stay healthy and play into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, here we are in year four of Burrow, and he's played two full seasons. Yeah, now, I'm not right. saying it's his fault. I'm not saying he's not a tough guy. These are season-ending injuries. It's fair. Like Jackson had. But if what James Rapine just said, and we all agree it's true, if you believe that the Bengals' window of winning a Super Bowl is open as long as Burrow is here, Tyler Boyd's walking out the door probably. T. Higgins, what are you going to do with him? You're going to need a new right tackle. This is just, these are decisions that need to be between now and, September. you know, well, even probably into January, February. Or, or let's call it March, April, leading up to the draft. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a break. we got lots to talk about. We can continue this. Uh, we can get into uh, the Browns game a little bit tonight. Elliot's got big dough in a host of areas after retiring <laughs> from um, gambling for the second time in, in, in about nine days, ten days. <laughs> Are you laughing or crying? I'm laughing. Okay. I could be crying, though. I, I understand. All right, let's get to the ads. Case, all yours, my man. Casey, here we go. All right, here we Bring go. Bring game. Brought, brought my A game. The Bengals report, which we just so did in the last hour or so, is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. 
Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And here, productivity. Productivity. We have Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF. Bet with Betfred. Drink lots of Pawnee Water and get your technology solutions from Encore. Pawnee Water. Official water of Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog here. Kermit. My name's Kermit. Oh, uh, we, we did have one chat. One, one chat. It was from uh, Mark Fetters. Mark Fetters says, Sean Connor is a real person. He's been a nut cutter for three months. Thank you for being a member. And uh, I don't fully believe you that Sean Connor's a real person. I know he's it's not hard a real to believe, person. But... I don't believe you. Mark is, Mark is adamant that Sean Connor is real. Sean Connor emailed me again last night. Yeah. What do you have to say? Uh, you want me to read the email? I want to say... Go ahead. Sorry. He was talking about Jason Robertson. Hit a goal. That's a Dallas Stars player. Interesting. Yep. How, how about that? Yep. Uh, I don't know if anybody read the uh, – Evan was kind of talking about it in the chat. If anybody read the new uh, G-Dub article, it comes out, comes out like once a week for the Enquirer. Gordon Winmire. They have a sit-down discussion, like a podcast, but then they type it all out. It's, it's not very good. Uh, I, 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 get, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, but poor Gordon, man. I, his, his, his take where Ellie needs to start in AAA and then he's not going to be brought up until – mid-May. It's just strange to me. The obsession with Ellie starting in AAA is very weird. And I think that, and again, maybe it's because he's a Homer Cubs fan, uh, but he does seem to have an obsession with the Chicago Cubs. In the article, he stated that the Cubs were going to be big spenders here in the next couple weeks. And, Haven't spent a dime this offseason. And we're going to uh, eliminate the Reds from the postseason. I don't know. I think I, I think those articles are kind of silly. But to each their own. I, if the Enquirer thinks that's good, that's good. I, I don't know. I Listen, I, I think Jason's a nice guy. But Gordon, my guy Gordon, man. Gordo! We're going to need Gordo to be a little bit better when it comes to the red stuff. It's, it's just strange. Ellie De La Cruz will not start in AAA. I'll, I'll promise you that, though. That's such a he weird should. take. He should. That's a good take. That's a good take. What did you guys see from Ellie De La Cruz that made you think that that was a big league bat? Listen, Ellie wasn't great last year, and I'm, the, I'm really the only person. That, that admits that uh, in this town. But saying that, he still he still brings something. He's still an electric factory. People are going to buy tickets because of Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, so you're going to play him. And we're forgetting, we're forgetting he gets a full spring training, too. Like, he, he's going to have this whole entire offseason program to work those kinks out with the team. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know enough about the baseball game to know whether or not he should start at AAA or not. But it just seems really weird to me that that sort of level of talent you would want at AAA. And then you're not going to have him in your starting rotation at all until, what, he said late May? I think he said like mid-May, some, sometime in May. Can at that, at that point, it seems like you're kind of punting on the situation. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't. I, I don't get it. I, I think if you have Ellie De La Cruz, you play Ellie De La Cruz. I don't. I don't think starting him in AAA solves any problem. Fair enough. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I. I uh, like I said, it's just. Uh, that's just really strange. Very strange take. Before we start the second half of this show, if you guys would be so kind, please give a like. I don't know how many likes we have in here, but also subscribe. Um, 
We put out a lot of other content or videos, yeah. clipping up the best parts of this show. Make sure uh, to watch those, like those, comment on those. It helps uh, helps us out yeah, quite we'll considerably. A, so thank we'll you so much for We'll have a couple videos out too. Yep. Are we begging for likes again, Casey? Yeah, and, likes, mean, and like the stream. No, I, everybody go on your computer before. right now and like this stream. Even if Tom, you hate we're us. not begging for likes. If you like the stream, you like it. That's as simple as that. that. That's all. We're just reminding people that there is a like button, and it helps us out greatly if you do like the show. That's all we're saying. Okay. That's all we're saying, Tom. And, and for the people in the chat, yes, I was just joking around. Were you guys talking about De La Cruz a little bit being Starting in the minor leagues? I read the, the Williams-Whitmire Whitmire thing. Gordo. Yeah, and I've known him a long time back in his days writing in Chicago. Big Chicago Hard-working dude. Uh, and, and, and knows the game. I mean, he really, really does. I mean, he knows a lot about the personalities involved and the different people. I find his whole you Darvish take pretty interesting. What do you say about that? You know, he has claimed that, you know, when he was around Darvish there in Chicago about – you know, all of the positives about this guy. The one thing that has been a negative last year, well, two negatives, if you're the Reds. Last year he was hurt, and he has a huge contract. Mm-hmm. Huge. But the Padres are trying to ship him out of town. But it's hard to trade a guy that was hurt. Uh, but, you know, he, he maintains that Darvish would be a phenomenal fit. All of the boxes uh, that we've talked about here in terms of, you know, veteran guy, right? good leader, very outgoing, willing to work with young pitchers, um, and, and this is all according, you know, to to the things said about him, um, you know. But 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 that price tag is insane. I mean, it's just insane, and the Reds are not going to do it. But getting back to the Daylight Cruz thing for a minute before we get into some more football, because that's what everybody's talking about is football. <laughs> Look, Daylight Cruz did things last year. And his pure talent is perhaps unrivaled by any player in baseball. I'm not saying he's better because we know he's not. He's not Ronald Acuna Jr. But when you look at the tools, the entire package, the power, the speed, potentially the glove, potentially to hit. Now Acuna Jr. has done it. But all those things, De La Cruz has the talent to do it. But... If you're trying to win baseball games starting at the end of March, if you had a playoff game last year, if the Reds had made the playoffs, okay? Yep. And you're playing in October of last year. You just watched De La Cruz as literally and figuratively one of the worst offensive players in Major League Baseball for almost two full months. He certainly was. He was brutal. And I'm not beating the kid down. I don't want anybody to think that. I'm saying if you're the manager of a team, and here you have a fan base that wants this guy to be the next fill-in-the-blank, right? Okay, and potentially has the ability to be the next fill-in-the-blank. Around here, Eric Davis, right? Because Davis came up a shortstop, moved to center field, had all the package of talent the whole night. But if you were going to the post as a manager and you had to win a postseason game against a left-handed pitcher last year in October, is Ellie De La Cruz in your lineup? No chance. No. But he does contribute. Like, if you needed a pinch runner later in the game, you play him. No, I know. But I'm saying, so if you're not going to start him, and you illustrate the point I was getting to ultimately, okay? If you're not going to start him, are you stunting his ability to 
to get better at, at a different two-strike approach, at a different offensive sort of philosophy of putting the ball in play more? Are you stunning his ability by playing him just three days a week at the big league level and keeping him on the roster on opening day? Or would you be better off sending him down to the minor leagues for a month in April of next year? If it comes to that, he may show up in spring training and address all those things we just talked about, and he's the biggest no-brainer of all time to get him in the lineup every day. But if he's not, just because of the potential, do you keep him in the lineup? If you've got guys like McLean, and now you have Candelario, and you've got Steer, and you've got Encarnacion Strand, and you've got India still around here. Yeah, I when, when I look back on it, I or when I look at this, this not, it's not really a problem. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. But when you look at Ellie De La Cruz, uh, and again, sending him to AAA, what's going to happen is you send him to AAA, he's going to hit 300, he's going to play lights out, and that doesn't really that really doesn't help the struggles he may have in the major leagues. Getting it, getting him as much major league reps as possible is the way to fix this solution. I think I think AAA can be beneficial. I think Tyler Stevenson could have used AAA last year to get a couple guys' minds right. Ellie De La Cruz proved he was good enough at a major league level at times last year. There were enough times when he stole four bases in the same within five minutes. Like there are aspects to Ellie's game that are superhuman. Uh, keeping him in AAA doesn't help that. I do get. I do understand the point. And I've been beating home the drum all off season. That Ellie was not a great player last year. I think defensively he struggled, and offensively it was brutal towards the end. His his, his plate discipline went away. But if if you start him, if you look at him in the spring, tra- if you look at him in spring training, and, and he's still and he's still showing you he was the Ellie that he was right when he came up. He's a he's a great player. He's an electric player. You have to play him. There's no reason to keep him down there uh, for no reason. Uh, if he's struggling in spring, if he plays a whore, if he has the worst spring training in the history of the world, then maybe. Then yeah, maybe you keep him down because we we're not in the business of playing guys just because uh, you know they sell tickets. You got you got to you got to compete a little bit too, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ellie's a good enough player where he's going to be uh, a star in spring training. He's going to be a star next year for the Reds. That's that's at least my opinion. Uh, and to answer your question, would would you have played him uh, against the lefty in the playoffs last year? Would you have started him? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a great player. And, and for those saying, you know, that, that he, he's already dominated AAA, I, I, I would just at least suggest this. He has played a total of 38 games, 38, and man, did he tear it up. He hit 12 bombs, knocked in nearly a run per game, 36 out of 38. Uh, but it was 38 games. We saw him come up here last year, set the world on fire when he first got here, right? And, and then tailed off. So, again, I'm not suggesting what's going to happen one way or the other. I do know that uh, the whole India thing, I just find it so – to me, this is one of the most interesting things that, that has come down the pike for, a Reds, for the Reds in a long, long time, the decision on what they're going to do with India. And I don't know why he's become such a lightning rod to the fan base. I really don't. And I don't want to spend a lot of time talking baseball here today because it's not baseball season. And we got forever and a day and a half to talk about baseball. But I, I don't understand why, why there is so much one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like the political world we live. You know, it's either here or it's over here. I mean, India does nothing 
to make you dislike him. You can get upset with him, you know, hitting into double plays. You can get upset with his defense at second base. But it, the vitriol involved in some of this stuff with, guys, get him out of town. This guy stinks. He's but Jonathan India doesn't stink. No. The, I feel like the discord is between analytical people and people that aren't very analytical. That baseball, and they're both baseball fans, right? Right. The, the analytical people, they, 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 they check the stats and say, listen, this guy is a, an average hitter. Or, you know, he's a big league hitter, but he's an average hitter. That's right. Absolutely terrible at the position he plays. Um, and then the other side says, listen, this is a guy that won Rookie of the Year, was the one shining spot on the team that season. Um, he's been only all, – all the intangibles are there, right? Or at least that, that you hear that he's a, he's a good leader, yep. that, that people like being around him, you know, handsome guy. All these things are just competing against one another, and there's just very hard opinions from both sides. That's why that's why they they, they can't get along is because also the the opinions are so different, right? One one side wants him to be a part of this team, wants him to be a central part of the team. The other team, other side wants him gone. I yeah, I don't know who's right. I don't know which which way it's gonna go. Only time can tell. This is a great take by Tyler Dolly. I don't recall seeing Tyler in the chat very often. No, he's not. He's, I could he's be had wrong. some really good takes. But this is really good. He said, we all loved India after his rookie year. He was a rookie of the year. He said he's the same player now than he was then, but he's been hurt more lately. We all changed our tune on India after seeing Ellie and McLean come up. India literally never changed at all as a player. True. That's fair. The, Great point. The thing that I told everyone when India was a rookie, and a bit of this was me being a Cubs fan and trying to get under the skin of, of, of you Reds, wouldn't do such a thing. Reds players, was that Jonathan India's slugging percentage, his rookie year, 21 home runs, rookie of the year, all that stuff, 459. You go look at his stats, not just in AAA, AA, rookie ball, college in Florida, he only surpassed his rookie year in the MLB slugging percentage once. This wasn't the same player that they saw throughout his entire upbringing. This was something new. And to think that this was going to consistently yep. be the hitter seemed a little far-fetched to me. Because he didn't do it in college against far, That's right. far less pitching. Yep. He didn't do it in rookie ball against far less pitching. So you're going to say that this guy is just going to keep trending upwards throughout the major leagues. It just seemed far-fetched, and, and we've seen those numbers come down quite considerably. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I remember talking with Chris Welsh when we first saw India come up after being a number one draft pick out of the University of Florida, and I was still doing the games. And and I, and, and for two springs, I watched a guy, and I said to myself, this guy ain't going to do it. I'm just like, he's not going to be an everyday player for your franchise for the next 10 years. You saw his defensive efficiencies. He came up as a third baseman. There wasn't the pop. There wasn't the thunder. All those things you just mentioned in his minor league career, right. college career. Um, and then I look like complete egg on my face, which obviously is not the first nor the last when the cat ends up being the rookie of the year in the National League. Right. Yeah, good year. Right. But you're right. Since then, he, he's gone back to being what he's been. Exactly. Tom, I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now. The only year in which he had a higher slugging percentage um, was his senior year at Florida. And it wasn't like he was – his slugging percentage was 550. It was 497. His rookie year was 479. So, yeah, he's gone back to the player that we knew that Jonathan India was, or at least that he showed throughout his entire minor leagues and, and uh, college stats. 
saying all that, and that and that might be true, it it, co- it comes down to whether or not. And I'm not saying he should be starting over Matt McLean or anybody. I, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying you keep him as depth. I think having him as organ organizational depth is important. You could trade him off for a prospect or two, and that's fine. That's another way to build depth in your in your franchise with your franchise. But having Jonathan Indy, you saw what happened with the injuries last year. I don't think it hurts to have an extra guy that can play the infield when somebody needs a day off. Do you want to pay him five million dollars for that? That's up to you. Yep. If it were up to me, I would. If it's up to if it's up to other people, they wouldn't. They trade him for a prospect, and that's fine. You can go both ways. At this point, I'm I'm kind of over it. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to defend him anymore. Uh, his defense certainly isn't worth defending him offense alone wasn't great last year either. So you can go either way and say this guy is not a great player, or you can say this guy can help the team uh, in short intervals next season. And I think that's the way to look at it. Organizational depth. All right, enough on baseball. We we have, uh, I mean, I said it before. I mean, ba- baseball season is like the, the gift that just keeps on giving it. We'll go in, uh, right. we'll be talking about that in, in, hell, do they start spring training now in January? Is that right? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure. When do pitchers and catchers report? I'm sure it's a stretch. First week, probably of February, would be my guess. Let's see. Reporting date for pitchers and catchers. I bet you it's like the fifth, sixth, seventh, thirteenth. Okay. February thirteenth. Back 13th. a week. Okay. All right. Well, that's not too us. far away, boys. Right. We, we got all that Xavier and UC basketball to look forward to. They're going to be those are those are two <laughs> tournament teams, Tom. Those are two big. Tell you what, players. X looked pretty good over the weekend. They Joe, got a good win. They Joe, look good. They, who did they play? Uh, Seton, Seton Hall. Hall. That's right. They did beat them. Who had just beaten UConn. That's right. That's right. Beat them uh, pretty, pretty handily. 30, yeah, 30-point 30 victory. Was that right? Uh, anyway, um, Joe Lenardi had UC as the next four out. Yeah. Which is unbelievable because they struggled against Stetson and Merrimack and everybody else under the sun. But they Joe Lenardi. the best team we've ever seen. That's the expert. They have Reynolds is, now. They have Reynolds. They, and, and how long that lasts. I mean, we are any day now. That was supposed to come out yesterday, that ruling, the 27th. That was the end of yeah. that temporary restraining order. I've not read a thing about that. Have you? No. I have not seen that anywhere. Nope. Unless I missed where they had backed it up again. Uh, but that was the end of that restraining order. And as we know, Reynolds, one of those guys out there, two-time transfer, who's rolling the dice after that restraining order was issued in West Virginia, that if he comes back and plays this year and this thing is flipped over, he will lose his entire eligibility for this season and not be able to play next season. Well, they cleared they cleared him, though. He's good. Reynolds? He's not, he's, yeah, he's not risking anything anymore. They, they, they came out. All right, well, I didn't see that. Yeah, they, the, the NCAA basically, they, they, they went in favor of us. All right, well, then my bad. I, I, I had not seen that he was totally cleared, no matter what. Yes, I believe that is 100% true. Okay. He wouldn't how have, in the he, world would I have missed he, that? He, I'm here he, every day reading this stuff. He wouldn't have played in that Dayton game had, had um, the risk been still on the table. They, they took away the risk. I didn't. I, I never remember reading that from anybody. Scott Springer and those guys, he does a great job covering the team. I had, Okay, all right, well, that's great news. Oh, they're a different team with him. They are. That guy's an animal. That, they are, especially having somebody else down low helping Victor Locke and, and Aziz Mondego. It's, it's big. Final thing on, on baseball, as we, we segue off, Cincinnati Reds signed Buck Farmer to a one-year contract. The buck, is, the buck stops here every time in the game. If I was still doing the games, that's what I would have said every time he came in. Oh. Just like uh, Kyle Schwarber, former linebacker in Middletown. What? Quit playing football when he had to chase around Braxton Miller. 
Buck Farmer, man. They, they designated... The buck stops here. They designated for assignment Bubba Thompson. What was your favorite moment from the Bubba Thompson era of the Cincinnati Reds? What position did he play? He didn't play a single pitch for the Cincinnati Reds, but they designated him for assignment. Thank you, Bubba. See you later, bud. All right. Okay, so Buck Farmer back on a one-year deal. You know, look, there are worse guys you can have than him. I, I mean, I know that's not a great statement to say, but, I mean, look, he's been, <laughs> he, he has been one of those guys, and we have talked about all of this on this show so many times. He is one of those guys where he shows up, pitches really well for you for a season. And then all of a sudden, man, I mean, the bottom falls out. But then he'll keep plugging and come back and do some good things for you. It's like a lot of bullpens as a group. You evaluate them one year to the next, and, and, and without a doubt, bullpens, and there are isolated guys that are different, the haters of the world, you know, not haters, haters of the world, that – uh, the Alexis Diaz's of the world. I mean, he's put himself in that category where he's been so dependable and yeah. so good that now, you know, to count on him is probably a really safe bet. Guys around him in all bullpens around baseball forever. It's like lightning in a bottle a lot. You just don't know one year to the next, including your guy. It's a big year. It's going to be a big your year. Your guy. Me. You it's know what I'm talking about? That's right. I Listen, I... Governor. When you think, hello... Uh, uh, fish and chips, mate. Uh, uh, when you think about the the pride of Great Britain, and you look at last season, <laughs> I think he benefited because of he played. And God love him, he played every inning. That's a guy you pay twenty million dollars to, uh, because Ian Jabot pitched as, <laughs> as much as any starter we had. He'd, he'd show up in every inning, every game. So shout out to shout out to Ian Jabot. Ian Jabot threw. But if you're, if you're two more outs than Buck Farmer this year. Really? 75 innings and two-thirds to 75 innings. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Anyway, saying saying all that, uh, Ian Jabot, uh, I, I, I'm cheering for you, man. I'm cheering for you. Buck Farmer, I'm sure he will be the new Daniel Duarte of this team. He will come in in uh, blowout situations or uh, early on. When it's two years ago in 2022, the, the, the Reds took a flyer on this guy. He had spent most of the – he had – Spent most of 2021 with the Tigers, only pitched in 36 games. In 2022 with the Reds, he did a solid job. 3.8 ERA, 47 innings, 36 hits. He does walk too many. That's his problem. 75 innings last year, he walked 29. But he only allowed 58 hits. I mean, that's pretty doggone good, 75 innings, 58 hits. Listen, in two years, uh, Buck Farmer has – Appeared in 115 games, yep. 122 innings. He struck out 124 batters, and he has a 4.06 ERA. That's that's about as okay of a reliever as yep. you're going to get. I mean, Whip that's, a 1.2, you know. You want to talk about organizational depth? That's right. If, that, if that's the buzzword we're going to use on this show today, how can you not talk about Buck Farmer being organizational depth? The buck stops here. That's right. Get bucked. Buck Farmer has been about a has been about as average as Jonathan India has over the past two years. Okay, that sounds good. Did I hurt your feelings? I was just like, I mean, Buck Farmer's not a very good pitcher, so. All right. Well. 
Welcome back, though. Fair enough. Tom, we've got to go through our picks. we got to right, do our power go. rankings in the spot I of 30 minutes. I think I had a good week last week. I think. I was trying to remember my picks. Are we ready to go, Casey? Yeah, we're ready. All right, let's do it. Our picks from last week. We have a big day of picks tomorrow. Elliot, two and a half. I think the Falcons covered. I mean, uh, the pardon me. I know the Colts covered. No, the the Falcons covered Falcons by won. a lot. Thank you. Falcons won the, the Falcons game. won the game. They covered. So, Elliot, you are the lone wolf in the wilderness. You One saw that from a mile away. I you knew, knew these two teams. Did you bet on it? Back of your hand. Did you bet on it? Bet on the Colts. What? <laughs> Dude, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, I ask you this every single week, and I'm just dumbfounded. You come in here, you know, you've had some bad weeks. You've all had some good, bad. Last couple of weeks, you've been pretty doggone good on on our picks. And I always ask you, why don't you then turn around and and put money on the teams that here was another example of where you would have won? Because I, again. Seriously, I, I really do mean this. You sit in here. And you pick Tom, these games, and the last couple of weeks you've done pretty doggone well. When you and th- then you turn around and bet the opposite on the weekend, and, and, and you, you're just burning money. Friday Elliot is a lot different than Sunday <laughs> Elliot. When Sunday Elliot wakes up in the morning, he has some he has some change of heart. This was a game I thought Gardner Minshew and the boys, Jonathan Taylor was back. I thought they were going to be roaring. I thought they were going to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, they got blown out by a team that sucks. They get blown out or they lose by uh, 29 to 10 or 13 or something like that. Casey, do you do that where you take these picks? I don't know if you're gambling anymore these days. You you have action from time to time. I I have some action from time to time. Tom, I would bet the picks that I pick on here. Okay. But I don't. I don't. uh, I haven't bet in like a month and a half because I was saving up for Christmas. It's not a month and a half. Yeah, something like that. That's not right. Like consistently, yeah. No, because you walked in here and hit some parlay about four weeks ago. That you had won four hundo. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Be careful, um, the new eighty-eight thousand IRS agents that your boy wants to sign. They might be watching <laughs> the show today. All right, let's uh, let's You're go down. next. Let's You're go down. next. They're out now. Out. All right. Um, here we go, Denver. Whoopsie. Denver lost. Yep, got this one. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to the rest of you guys are uh, one and one. This was another one, Tom. I rode the Patriots on this one when I, when I saw it on uh, whenever so it was. So it can go both ways. So it goes both ways. Bailey Zappi. We always knew it was going to be the Bailey Zappi game. Bailey Zappi game. Tell you, they're playing pretty good these last couple of weeks. Eh. That's right. But, uh, but, but, but according to Tom Curran up there in Boston, it's a done deal. Belichick's out. <laughs> we'll find out. Okay. Uh, maybe I, I, I misspoke. Whoa. Wait a Tom. minute. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I had no faith. After I thought this spread was so off, so bad, that I was like, "There's." I mean, Vegas knows something we don't. The fix is in. 49ers are going to absolutely trounce them, and they and they tried to. Tom, they desperately they had the the referees tackling Lamar Jackson in the in the end zone. <laughs> they said we got to get some points on the board for the old right. 49ers because Brock Purdy's going to throw 1,800 picks. And they even threw, they even put in their best quarterback to try to win the game too, and Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh my so, god! I mean, the Ravens are the real deal. Ravens are the They really team. are. So are the 49ers, by the way. The yeah, 49ers are... You're right. They're, they're, these are the but, best but, two teams. But the Ravens, there. man, there's just... I mean, I get it. Brian accuses me of being a Ravens fan. I'm a fan <laughs> of the organization because I did a all number right. of their games. I know the owner a little bit. I know what he's all about. 
when I was doing college basketball games in the ACC, he's a big Maryland guy. He had those courtside tickets right next to where our uh, TV little setup mm-hmm. table was. Friendly, him and his wife, outgoing. Ozzie Newsom. I mean, come on. Ozzie Newsom. Come on. Up here, way up here. Player, dude, man, leader, right? That's right. Harbaugh. I mean, come on. Come on. That's an organization committed to winning every year. We, we talk a lot about Mike Tomlin never having a losing season. Jim Harbaugh's had two. John. John Harbaugh, my bad. And yeah. one of them, they were 5-11, and 11, bad. The other time, they were 8-9. and nine. He has almost the exact same winning percentage as, as Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, this dude, he's on his game. Okay, what's next? Oh. <laughs> Casey. <laughs> Casey. That's uh, a two-point game, wasn't it? Miami covered? Yeah, Miami covered that. Yeah. Wow. So you guys were winners. I, I lost this one. Okay. How, how for real are the Dolphins? Like, Didn't they change your tune a little bit over the weekend? They, certainly. I, I mean, this is the battle or of did the frauds. Or, yeah, that's right. This that's is right. the battle of the right, frauds. Right, right, but right. It's, <laughs> they scored one touchdown. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here. Listen, I think the Dolphins are good. I think they're better than the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are the most fraudulent organization of all time. Saying that, I don't th- I, I'm not going to write home about the Dolphins. I, they, they scored one touchdown. They scored one offensive touchdown in a team that's, uh, that takes pride in their elite uh, pass-heavy offense. If they, if they don't have Tyree Kill, that, that team's nothing. Yeah. Best offense I, in the league? I do think that the Dolphins, um, their rush attack, their, their run game has definitely caught up to them. Um, teams are figuring out that you just got to protect the outside and they can't run it in the inside. And uh, that, that shows holds true um, from last week. They didn't even break uh, 100 yards in the rush game. Um, and I think you take away Tyreek Kill. I think Elliott's on to something well, there. Dude, so. I mean, come on. If you take away Tyreek Hill, you mean what? Take away from him catching 10 balls for 200? Is that what I'm, you mean? I'm just, I'm just saying if a team – take him it, off the team? No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying if a team can take away Tyreek Hill, like oh, okay, defensively, you. if okay. there's a team that can, then yeah. But actually, I do want to mention this. Since Jalen Ramsey has uh, started with this team – They've been the second-best defense in the league. Fun little fact. See, so watch a, out. There, there's another perfect example. Wasn't he a free agent that didn't have a home for a while? Uh, Jalen right. Ramsey? I Wasn't think he was a, traded. Was he traded? Yeah, he was traded from the Rams. Okay, what, what did they trade to get him? I'll tell you in a second. I'm pulling it up. What did they trade to get they, him? They didn't trade a first round. I know that. They traded like a second round and something else. They... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't tell me on on Football Reference. The okay. Dolphins are one in three against teams with winning records with a minus forty seven differential point differential. And I think against teams that are sub five hundred, they're like ten and one with uh, plus a hundred point differential. So it's uh, this is a team that can beat up on bad teams but can't beat good teams. So. It was a third round pick. It was they traded Jalen Ramsey for a third round pick. Yeah. And, and so this is the stuff I'm talking about when it comes to the Bengals. Well, that's a move. That's a move. And we talked about Ramsey before all this happened. I'm not sitting here saying I was endorsing it. But when you're 25 or $30 million under the cap, guys like Clowney, guys like Ramsey, they come in, Ramsey more so than Clowney, 
but they come in and they are truly difference makers in your team. In this case, for both of those guys, on your defense. Those are the moves the Bengals, and they have made some great moves. In free agency, the Von Bells of the world, the Trey Hendricksons of the world, they have done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. But man, that one extra step is where I still think the Ravens separate themselves from the Bengals. If the Ravens can go get player fill-in-the-blank to try to put them over the top or potentially over the top, they're going to make the move. That's fair. I agree. So you're saying that you'd rather have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary than Jordan Battle? Because that's what what we would have traded. Well, this guy's a cornerback. Right. Okay. I'd rather have this year Jalen Ramsey than a woozy eight. I was just saying because it was a third-round pick, and that's what we drafted with our third round Okay, well, they'd have found somebody else in a third round. Right, right. Fair enough. All right. If I'm not mistaken, they had a couple of third- or fourth-round picks this year, I thought. Let's go. All right, rest of the picks. Do we have any more? Brownies! Brownies get it done. Casey, you just keep picking against the Browns. Are are you going to let it go where you can say the Brownies are legit? Can you you let it go? Who are you picking tonight? Uh, I was actually going to pick the Jets tonight <laughs> or oh whoever they're playing God. against. Because but of the spread? The spread, yeah. But the the statistics don't lie, Tom. I mean, the Browns are – that offense is slowly but surely climbing up to be, like, one of the top offenses in the league. Don't don't want to don't wanna frighten anyone, but – They're elite. That, they're, that offense is looking pretty hot. And their defense is still top in the league. It's usually a recipe for a really good season. They've had one here. They're having a really in good four, season. In four starts, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, Joe Flacco has seven interceptions. In he does. Starts. He's in given it starts. away, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last two games, he five, five. Five times. Yeah, five yeah. interceptions. He's, he's, yeah, he's, you miss every throw you don't make. You, know, you the, miss every single throw you don't make. And, and if he wants to keep throwing picks, that's fine. He'll just double the interception number with touchdowns. And he's also missing some of his best linemen, too. Like, he's doing it without his right tackle. I think he did it a couple games without his left tackle. And some of the interior guys. Like, at some point, you got to be like, yeah, this is a, a great team. Like, they just keep losing players, right? So, is, is kudos Q, to the Browns. His QBR is 45. I'm not believing in Joe Flacco. Okay. I'm not All believing right. in him. Okay, well, apparently nobody else is because he didn't have a job a month and a half ago. That's right. Uh, who, who was this? T. Brookie. Never seen T. Brookie in the chat before, but welcome. It's good to have you here. I really mean that. Thanks for joining us. He says, the Ravens have never been through tough times. There's a reason for that, and that's incorrect. He says, they are lucky. They have a good coach and have been picked to win the Super Bowl for a decade now. They've won one. True on the postseason thing. Lucky, hardly. Few teams have been hurt the way that team has been hurt as far as injuries are concerned over the last three or four years. And this year is no different. Second best player on offense, done for the year, the tight end. Right? That's right. Best running back, first game of the year, done for the year. Backup running back, out. They dropped down to third and fourth string guys. Offensive line, they've had guys in and out all year long. They just keep rolling. They're not lucky. There are a lot of things 
Lucky is not one of them. Is that it for the picks? Oh, I forgot about this one. Reed. Congrats, Reed. Yeah, yeah congrats, Reed. Reed. The Steelers homer got That's it right, right again. That's right, Mr. Cub and Mr. Steeler. Can't wait till he picks Patrick the, Mahomes tomorrow. He, he forgot about yeah. the Chiefs and uh, all the other teams Jaguars. That, I, that I just love. Jaguars. As I, as I, Jaguars. Man, I was wrong about that one, too. Um, I don't know, man, guys. The Steelers have completely warped my brain. I talked about it all last week. I'm trying to shed all the, all the Bengal fandom of yesteryears. But until we can consistently beat the Steelers and put them in their place, I just I can't do it. I can't do it. Everett says you are the picket truther. I guess so, and if you want to call me a picket truther, uh, Joe Flacco has about the same QBR as, uh, as Kenny Pickett this year. So, Joe Flacco. Did I say Joe Burrow or Joe Flacco? You said I don't know what you said. Joe Flacco has the same QBR as Kenny Pickett, worse than worse than uh, Josh Dobbs. And well, one dude's going to the playoffs. That's right. That's and right. he's making plays when it matters. That's right. That's all that matters. Make them when it counts. Okay, Brownies tonight. Casey, you said you were going to pick against him. Uh, we don't know the status of Amari Cooper. Apparently, in that record-setting performance last week, 265 receiving yards in that win, that route of the Texans. Apparently injured his heel. He's not been practicing all week, and they don't know if he's a go tonight or not. That's a big deal for the Browns. Now, the Jets, I mean... Man, what a bummer of a year for them when you think. You know, we talk around here about what a bummer of a year it's been. Think about if you're a Jets fan. Here you were all jacked up. I remember watching that first game of the year, Aaron Rodgers, Monday Night Football, right? Season opener, whatever it was. That's right. One series into the season, over. Torn Achilles. And ever since. But you're still thinking the Jets are covering tonight, if I heard you right, Casey? Yeah, I... The only reason I think that is because I think that this was just one of those games where we all expect a team to just roll, and Jets have a really good defense. Um, I expect them to keep it a lot closer than many people think. Um, I know I talked up the Browns offense here just a minute ago, but they were playing teams that aren't as good on defense, so I don't know. I, I just think that this is one of those games that the spread's a little too high for them to cover. More than a touchdown, I, I'll take the, the Jets on this one. Simple philosophy for me. I don't think you're wrong. He has played some very banged-up defenses, uh, him being Joe Flacco. But saying all that, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the Jets are playing for here. Uh, they don't have a quarterback. They're, they're not going to be able to – They're playing for the pride of Aaron Rodgers. Sure, sure. Yeah, they, they're, they're going to try to be immunized as well. So we'll see. Beat we'll what? See. Immunized. Oh, that's I get what Aaron, that was the word. Aaron I Rodgers get used. it. I get it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the Jets are exactly playing for. I don't think they're as good. And I could be wrong in this, Casey, but I don't believe the defense is as good on the road as they are at home. So we'll see what the Jets can do. I, I, I like the Browns to win. I think it'll be close, twenty to ten. Twenty to ten, final score. Okay. What do you think? I we need the all I need, know is we need the Browns to win this one. No, the Bengals actually need the Browns to win this one because uh, for the Bengals to get to 10-7, and 7, it would be easier if the Browns had nothing to play for next week and they, they rest some players. So I'm hoping the Browns win. But, you know, I got to thinking because I've heard that scenario talked about and, and I haven't looked enough into the, uh, the whole tie break thing. 
But if I don't know how Buffalo, right. let's just say the Browns, right? It, 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 let's say they win tonight. Yeah, they're guaranteed in the playoffs, but they're not guaranteed at this spot. And there, there could be a significant difference in, in, in the talent level team you're playing. It's a difference between playing Jacksonville, theoretically, right? Right. In the first round on the road right. or playing – uh, who's a three? Kansas City. Well, they would both be like the best that the Bills can I, I was, be is eleven yeah. and six. Right. Um, the Browns, the if if they win this week, then lose to us would be eleven and six. Yeah. It goes to conference record, right? If they don't play head to head, it goes to con- how you played in your I, conference. I, I think, but I mean, if, if the yeah, they would, would be the only teams record. at eleven and six. So the Browns have a better record correct. in the conference. Yes. Okay. Correct. So, so they'd they be all right. So they'd be the five. It also that that's a little kaput because there's a chance that uh. That next week we don't even know who's going to be the the third and fourth seed, right? Because we don't know how it's going to shake out between Kansas City. If Kansas City loses to the Bengals this week, which the Bengals would need, they would be nine and seven. Jacksonville, I think, plays the Panthers, so they'd be nine and seven. So we don't even know how the third and fourth well, seed. Well, we don't would know be. the one and two. Right? We don't because know how that's going to work. Play out. the Dolphins. We don't know how yep. that's going to work out. So like. Worrying about who you're going to play as the fifth or sixth seed, really, I don't know how much that matters. I don't know. I, there's so many scenarios that right now. This is the reason that we aren't predicting who's going to be in the playoffs today or tomorrow. Yep. It's the reason we're doing it next week because the picture looks a little more clear after another week of games. So. Okay. All right. We have buy or sell today. Is that correct? We do have buy or sell. All right. Here we go, Casey. You ready? You got, to, you got everything dialed up? Buy, buy, buy. Sell, sell, sell. Beautiful. Love. Casey's on it today. I was worried about him today. He's on it. All right. All right, here we go. Buy or sell. Yep. We'll start with you, Tom. One of the one of the stories that I don't think enough people are talking about is the Baker Mayfield story. Oh man. He put a lot on the line. I know I know he's a kind of divisive figure. Um, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should extend Baker Mayfield. Buy or sell, Tom. I'm buying. Um I, I've always been a look, it, nobody it, no one was angrier than me. When that guy came into Ohio State playing for Oklahoma and took that flag and drove it straight in the ground at the 50-yard line after Oklahoma That's beat right. the Buckeyes, I wasn't crazy about the dude. But as I mentioned earlier in this program, talking about a different topic, I love his fire. I love mm-hmm. his passion. I love his, his wanting to be great. This guy was a walk-on at Oklahoma, won a Heisman Trophy, first-round draft pick, took the Browns of all teams to the playoffs, even won a game. He's bounced around a lot since then. Where would the Brownies be today if they stayed with Mayfield? He's been better than Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. but that's old news. I'm buying. Buy. Buy, buy, buy. Buy, buy, buy. The question is, is what's the going rate for a Baker Mayfield extension? I don't know. I don't think it – well, it's not in the same galaxy with well, the other big guys. it's $50 million, dollars, yeah. but it's going to be at, at the minimum mid-20s. Okay, well, right? I mean, again, you ask you before, before you let somebody go, and it's a, it's a story, business, life, everything. Right. You better have the guy who you know is going to take over for him, and maybe they have that guy. Right. All right. I want to hear what you guys think about this. Casey? I'm selling. Sell, sell, sell. I'm selling this. Listen, Tom, he plays in one of the worst divisions in all of football. He does. And And a a lot of those yards, a lot of those stats, I think are a little misleading. Um, you look at the teams that he's played this year. He had a really good win against Minnesota when they were fully healthy. Um, win against the Bears, the Saints in his division, Titans, Panthers, Falcons, P- 
Packers, Jacksonville. I, I guess the most impressive win on that list is probably week one. I don't know. I just the teams that he's lost to, the Eagles, twenty-five to eleven, Detroit, twenty to six. They lost to Atlanta Falcons, sixteen to thirteen. But most of those were early, right? These these are pretty early. Yeah, these are Buffalo early. twenty-four to eighteen. He loses a thriller to the Texans, thirty-nine thirty-seven. I don't think that's necessarily Baker's fault. No. San Francisco twenty-seven to fourteen. Indianapolis twenty-seven to twenty. Now he's been on a four-game win streak, but yes. it's against teams that I'm just not super confident in. I don't know. I feel like you get better. Like he's right in the middle of the road for me as okay. a quarterback. So okay. I'm gonna Michelle. sell. I'm gonna buy. I think he's a similar quarterback to Geno Smith. Geno Smith got an extension. I think it's a three-year deal. Uh, I I, th- I could see a short deal, two years, three years, twenty-five mil, twenty-four mil, something around there. I think he's serviceable, like Tom said. He's having a damn good season too. Sixty-five uh, percent completion percentage, I believe, is what I just read. Almost that is sixty-four point something. He's got twenty-something touchdowns, the eight interceptions. I like him. I think Baker. I think Baker's good enough to be a quarterback in the NFL. I think he's better than Brock Purdy. So, the thing. So, so you're buying. You're buying an extension. I'll buy. He's buying. I'm also gonna buy an extension. Listen, it's not gonna be one of those extensions where it's eight years, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Right. I think Mr. Mo put this in the chat. It would look more like a two years, sixty million dollars, somewhere in that range. And for that rate, for Baker Mayfield and what he's shown. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, once again, in a bad division that you can consistently win with a good quarterback? Absolutely. Why? I mean, this guy is, for, for better or worse, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of flaws with Baker Mayfield, but he is a gamer. There's a lot of emotion there, and, and, if, and if you're a kind of guy, there's pros and cons playing with emotion. He, he's balling out right now. What more, what more do you want out of Baker Mayfield other than, you know, he's probably going to take this team into the postseason? Go ahead and think about this. This is a thought experiment for all you guys. Think about how many quarterbacks you can name that have taken a team in the postseason to the postseason in the AFC and the NFC, like Baker Mayfield will do. Great it's, question. It's the list isn't long. The list isn't long, and the first names that pop up are, are greats. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's a great, but he's on a list with a bunch of greats. So yeah, I'm buying this. Baker okay. Mayfield should be extended. Okay. What do we got next? All right. The Raiders, who Casey, have come on as you. of late. Okay. Should hire Antonio Pierce. Ooh. Casey, we'll start with you. Ooh, um, I feel like they already missed their opportunity to get a guy that was in their organization. They should have hired – I can't remember his name, but it was the guy that took them to the playoffs initially in 2021. That's right. right. I don't know what the deal was there. They missed on that guy. I feel like it would be a little bit of a mistake to hire Antonio Pierce now. I haven't looked at the, the the numbers. It's just a gut feeling because I feel like the Chiefs are just on a, a really weird season. I don't think that's going to continue. Maybe it's the Aiden O'Connell thing. I don't know. They, they've won some games with some really, really bad players. I, wrestling with this one, I'm going to – you know what? I'll just buy. Why not? Don't make the same mistake twice. Wow. Okay. All don't right, make boys. Don't make the same twice. mistake twice. Yeah. That's a little bit bad. Uh, I'm trying to find that interim – the name of that guy. I'll start, I'll start. It's an Italian name. I'm drawing a blank too. It's uh, like the end of it is something like any. I'm not even getting. Regardless, it. It um, so I'm gonna sell this. Sasaccia. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Sasaccia. Okay, I'm going to sell this. The reason I'm going to sell this, I, I, I know all the things. Everyone brings up. I think Mr. Mo. Once again, I'm taking another take from Mr. Mo. He fits the Raiders mold, right? Tough, hard nosed, yep. gridiron thing. But like, what's that worth anymore? Like the Raiders haven't been that team for decades. Nope. 
for decades. And you shouldn't try to be the team that you were in 2002. You shouldn't be try to be the team that you were in 1985, a la Chicago Bears still trying to do that. You shouldn't try to be the team you were decades ago. This guy, he's been fantastic. He says all the right things in the press conference, but I don't know. I think I think you should go out there. You should get probably an offensive mind. I think you should get a guy that, that can kind of spice things up in a division that has Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. So I'm selling this. I don't know how much money they're still paying Gruden and McDaniels, but I'd certainly pay Antonio Pierce. Uh, I, so you're I, a buy. I'm going to buy all the way. I think this guy's awesome. I like his fire. I, I think uh, when when you watched him do absolutely eviscerate the the Chargers on, on prime time, that, that, that bought me in right there. That was a guy who was never going to let up at any point. He was still firing missiles in the fourth quarter up by 60. I like this guy already. I think, again, he's going to be pretty cheap, I'd say. Uh, and you're going to need a cheap option when you're already paying two fired coaches uh, north of $100 million. When did he take over? He took over after the loss to the Lions. Uh, they got beat twenty-six to fourteen. That was that was that was almost two months ago. They've gone four and three since then. So I mean, they beat a cr- two crummy teams, but look, it was a guy's first time coaching in the NFL. They beat the Giants and the Jets. And you're then they lose a one-score game to Miami on the road. They lose by a touchdown. They get hammered by the Chiefs. They lose a three-nothing game against Minnesota. Right, and yep. this is all now with the Aiden O'Connells of the world. Okay, and Jimmy G out in the whole nine yards. Now, the last two weeks, they've beaten the Chargers, where they scored 63 points in the game. And then they go to Kansas City. Say whatever you want about the Chiefs. I mean, the Raiders had not won there in an eternity. Uh, I'm buying. I'm buying Antonio Pierce. That's right, baby. Although the one guy that's going to come up, and we were talking about this, Reed and I were before the the show today, the, the... of all the openings that we know are there now, and, and, and help me here for a second, Carolina, the Chargers. Chargers, right? Raiders. Raiders potential, well, potentially Raiders. The Patriots um, will be more than likely. Patriots potentially. Commanders. Commanders. So, look, the, the, the guy who's going to be the, the – everything's going to start and end unless you have a serious issue with him as a guy, and there are people out there that have issues with him as a guy. The coaching carousel is going to be spun off of Jim Harbaugh. Correct. Correct. You can't, you can't make a move without. No. Without I mean, if you're an organization seriously committed to winning, and there was an unbelievable story in The Athletic today about Jim Harbaugh. What do NFL executives think about Jim Harbaugh? Proven winner? No doubt. Relationships with GMs and owners? Eh. You know, so... You know, that's where an owner's got to make a call. Are you going to give him? The Bears potentially could be an opening. And that's the place where the fan base really wants Harbaugh. Former number one pick in 87, quarterback there, played for Ditka, blah, blah, blah. So he's the guy. Did we get everybody in on the Pierce? Yes. All right, what's next? This is going to be the final one. Um, Last night I fell asleep after hearing the news about what happened over in Denver and Russell Wilson. Yep. And when I laid my head down on the pillow, I – Fell asleep. I had a nightmare, and it was that uh, Russell Wilson goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I that, that'll that'll just eat me alive. So that's going to be the last buy or sell today. The Pittsburgh Steelers should go get Russell Wilson, buying or selling. We'll start it over here, Elliot. They should. So yeah, I'm, you're going to buy. buy. You're going to buy. Kenny Pickett's a really bad quarterback, and I say really, really bad with a lot of great respect for him. 
Uh, he's atrocious. Love and respect. He is the worst quarterback in the NFL with love and respect. Go out and get Russell Wilson. Go out and get a guy who's proven he can win. Russell Wilson's having a damn good year. What the Broncos are doing to him is shameful. And, and honestly, the fact that it's elite, that, that it's legal in the NFL for them to do this is kind of crazy to me. But Because this seems like openly tanking for... Uh, well, you're just selling your, you're just getting rid of your quarterback. And True, but you, this seems you're openly tanking because of a contract that you made. They made the contract. That's fair. And, and they're going back on their word and yep. kicking him out of town for no reason. I think that's despicable. I think that's against everything that sports are about. Uh, but what have you, I think Russell Wilson's a good, I think he's a good quarterback. The Steelers would be lucky to have him. They'd make, if Russell Wilson was on that Steelers team, they'd be legit. They'd be legit. I agree with they, you. They 100% would be legit. They're, they're, there's absolutely no doubt about it. There's something weird with Russell Wilson. There is yeah. something weird there because he's now gone to two Super Bowl winning coaches, right? And hasn't got like like Sean Payton clearly. Like why would Sean Payton's get rid of him? He's had a good year. Russell Wilson's had a good year. And they're going to get rid of him clearly because he just didn't want him. Sean Payton didn't want him. Pete Carroll doesn't want him. You think Mike Tomlin's going to want him? That's now two Super Bowl winning coaches that don't want Russell Wilson despite stellar play. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this. Sell, I don't sell, think sell. It, they, they would be better. Their offense clearly would be better as a team, but there's something weird there with Russell Wilson. Also, my heart couldn't take Russell Wilson in a Steelers uniform. So I'm selling. So I uh, decided that since we were doing this um, this hypothetical here, is it even? financially possible for the Steelers. Yeah. I don't think it's financially possible if they somehow manage to get a deal done. Uh, I think it would actually be better for the Steelers. If we are in the perspective that the Steelers want to get better at the quarterback position, I think that Russell Wilson is much better Is much better of a quarterback than Kenny Pickett it's is. not close. Um, I, I would buy, 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 but I just don't think it's possible. I don't think they can fork out the money to be able to get Russell. They would have to do they would have to cut some serious players on their team like Cam Hayward to even yeah. scratch that possibility. Yes. Fair enough. Yes. Fair yeah. And and, and and look, in it theoretically I'd buy uh, in practice I got to sell. Steelers have too many other issues on their team. They can't be taking on contracts where they're paying guys 50, 60, 70 million bucks a year. Uh, in, in their mid to late 30s, they, no. I mean, is he a significant upgrade from Pickett? Yes. Do I think they have a chance to find somebody else? You know, but you get into that gray area. I mean, let's just take Jake Browning as an example. Now, the Bengals are not going to trade Jake Browning nope. sign to the Steelers, but I'm just saying, if you were the Steelers, do you think Jake Browning is better than Kenny Pickett? <coughs> Does he make your team this year better if he's their quarterback? Here's the point I'm making. Not necessarily. I'm using a Jake Browning-like quarterback. If they're not sold on Pickett, and I'm not so sure that Tomlin is ever going to admit that two years into this thing, a year and a half really because the guy's been hurt. If you're not all in on Pickett, you got to replace him obviously with somebody. Well, are you going to spend the 40 or 50 million bucks, right. right, that we've been talking about, or are you going to get somebody in there who can just lead you to getting 24, 27 points a game? 22, 24 points a game. Because with that defense, you can win a lot of games. They're a 500 team with that offense. Right? Right. No, right. I mean, seriously. It's no, like we're talking about with the Raiders. I mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders, and you can say their schedule and all that, it's true. The Raiders are one game beneath the Bengals. 
through all of the mess they've been through. Right. Coaching change, bad quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. They're seven and eight, and the Bengals are eight and seven. Got the same, according to New York Times, have, have the same playoff chances at this point. It, well, there it's you like go. 18%. So like there you go. Okay. Uh, uh, is there one more? That was it. That That's was it. it. That was okay. The, All right. Um, any final thoughts from anybody? No show, post show, no nothing today. Not today. We will have box lunch tomorrow That's after tomorrow. our program. That's right. Tomorrow Correct. we're going to pick a lot of the games this weekend. Um, the college football playoff is Monday. And I'm going to be out of the office early part of next week for a few days. Um, you know, I want to get you guys in your thoughts because we're really not talking a lot about it. This is the last year where it's four teams. This time next year, we're, we'll, we will already be one or two games into the playoff, which mm -hmm. is going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to do that drill instead of sitting around here watching some of these guys you never heard of in some of these bowl games. But, you know, the more I've kind of watched and paid attention to, to starting to read a little bit more about it, Man, these are some big-time games. These are some big-time games with some great storylines. Right. Michael Penix, right? Sure. Sarkeesian used to be at Washington. Sure. Now he's at Texas going against his former school where he battled alcoholism and all those kinds of things. They let him go. You got Harbaugh, all the drama and the dislike for Michigan. Saban, can he get to the top of the mountain one more time? That's a leader of men. Absolutely. Leader of men. Jacob Tissett's good friend. Tom, yeah. I have a cherry on top. Who do you think going to win? Casey think he's going to win the national championship. That picture. I think the Crimson Tide of Alabama. But if I had to pick second, the Washington Huskies. I'm not so sure I wouldn't take Washington first. What about you? Uh, I think that there's a team that plays up in Ann Arbor that's pretty good. T-T-U-N. What about you if you had to pick one? Right now, sitting here. Top of your head. I'm going to go with the fighting Nick Sabans. The fighting Nick Sabans. How about you, Casey? What have they done? Um, uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Harbaugh. No one said Texas. I think Texas fighting is fraudulent. Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to go Chase, fighting Jim we, Harbaugh. We end our Thursday on a downer. Who do you like more, <laughs> Jim or John? Well, I know Jim better than John. You're a Jim Harbaugh guy. That's your I, you guy. know what? I, That's I, I've said on this show before, I've always gotten along with him. That's your guy. I, I had to do a radio show with him once a week for a couple of years in Chicago when I was working there and he was playing there. And he's always been very, very nice to me when I've been around him. Very nice. In fact, there was a, I, there was when I was doing uh, the 49ers and I was working out. And had gotten hurt working out. And we reached out to their, you know, their, they, they, had, they were on the road. They were the road team. Or was that a bowl game? I can't remember what it was. But it, it might have been a bowl game. It was a bowl game. It was Michigan. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, had me uh, get right up there and got me to see his medical people right on the spot. There you go. How about that? Do you ever, do you ever cook you a steak and pour No, none of that. Milk? Drink milk. We've never done that. To never broken bread. Not that kind of relationship. I hear Jim likes uh, SpongeBob a lot. He does. That's the, that's the rumor I hear. Well, he just went south on me. Has, has, you don't like SpongeBob? <laughs> oh, come on. Tom. Sponge. Cherry on top real quick. Cherry on top. All right, what is it? <laughs> and Drew Garrison, I'm not running from the Michigan nonsense. They're going to be banned from every bowl this time next year. So Drew, enjoy it while it lasts. Drew Super Chat, he wants us to go live on New Year's Day. We'll be live the day after New Year's Day. Look at this shot. Good. That's look my at, cousin. Look at this. 
This is a Drew Garrison tweet. It made me laugh. Who looked happier to you? I think I think Harbaugh looks happier. I think Harbaugh looks... He's got the arm on. He's got the arm on the shoulder. Nick Saban looks a little bit awkward there. Yeah. Saban looks like, you know, like a 15-year-old standing next to his prom date. <laughs> Did you, can you see what the tweet says? Can you see the says? caption, Tom? No, it what is, is awesome that they got Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, and Nick Saban <laughs> all together for a picture. That's good. That's really good. That is very, very good. All right, uh, boys, great day today. Really enjoyed it. Thank all of you for joining us. We'll come your way tomorrow at 10 a.m. Lots going on tomorrow. Charlie Goldsmith will be with us. We're hoping to run down our friend uh, Jason Lane from Kansas City to tell us, uh, you know, his perspective on what's going on with the team he covers each and every day, the Kansas City Chiefs. We have picks to do. And we got to cover some of the college football. Preview the Mighty Buckeyes play this weekend. Let's do a full hour. Let's <laughs> so do a, you know we're covering football. <laughs> let's do a full hour on um, you giving glowing reviews to the Michigan Wolverines tomorrow. That will not happen. Okay. That will it will never happen. They do everything the right way. I have I have respect for them very very much uh, for their program and the, and the whole nine yards. And Harbaugh is a coach, but we know they are getting ready to have the book thrown at them. You can mark it down. Hope you're right. Maybe Ohio State can finally beat them. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll look forward to seeing you again. Good Lord willing, manana. Have a great rest of your day.